Folks, welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. I'm your host, Conrad Cushman, snowed in here in Buffalo, New York, because nobody wants me to do anything, it appears, for this week. And uh, tonight I'm being joined by the man in black, the one who was always here. He is your coach and mine, the man they call Derek. What up, what up? Also joining us tonight is the man with the plan, the man who is going to help us address the state of AEW in the second half of the podcast, BJ. How's it going? We are going to do a little dynamite review, lots to talk about, lots to get into. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get into this intro. Uh, The dynamite review may be a little shorter tonight because we got a lot to talk about when it comes to the state of AEW. Stick around, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you like what you hear, and let's go. All right. All right. It's a another uh, wonderful world in uh, pro wrestling tonight. I don't know how you guys were feeling, but uh, last week I heard a lot of truths when it came to pro wrestling. I did like Samoa Joe saying uh, ho-ass comments are no longer needed on social media. I think that applies to more than just wrestling. I think it applies across the board. So, yeah, we're going to need that to stop immediately. All right. That go that goes for uh, a lot of people. To, I noticed tonight and this past week a lot of lot of shots, lots of shots. Don't get mad when someone jabs back. Now, just remember, people people like to talk a lot until it's their turn to get it. So, um, we'll get into it. What what did you guys think of um, Dynamite overall tonight? Okay. Um, I don't think it was bad. Um, I think it was like. Uh, Sort of like a fair to Midland kind of situation for me. Um, I, I don't know. It, like it, it was exciting, but it just wasn't. It didn't give me that that good punch that I was looking for. I, I can agree with that. I uh, I feel like this would have been a a decent collision. Would have been an a. Uh, like a, a good rampage, <laughs> but it was a low for a dynamite on my end. Really? So you got different expectations for those shows when you're watching them? Yes. Interesting. Maybe that'll come up again later in our conversation. I want to give a big shout out to everyone who's in the chat. Chat, we're going to try to give these shout outs pretty quickly tonight. Do not think I'm being rude. We got a lot to talk about and get into. Jason in the house. He said, Derek Conrad, my two favorite guys. Always good to see you. It's freezing cold in the snow here on the East Coast. Bruh, who you telling? Right. It's cold as ever. Terrell says, I have hook winning tonight. I'm enjoying the polar vortex. I'm not happy about the warm up next week. I'll be enjoying the snowstorm this Friday. Hey. I hear you. Um, Big Daddy Kush, that's me. I came in here with a little, uh, don't forget to vote tomorrow. Me and Rob are going live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You will find out your winners. I haven't even casted my votes yet. I kind of know who I want, but I don't want to see any of the results yet. But we're going to find out tomorrow. I am very interested. Don't let me down, Wrestling Wrestling Nation, EPW Nation. I hope we get some good winners. All right? I don't want to have a meltdown like last year in the match of the year category. What was that? Cody and that torn pec, man. 
God. I, oh, I hate that match so much. It defies like why. I'm like, oh yeah, we care about our performers. Go out there with a torn peck. Who cares if you drop someone on their head by accident and doing right. a move? <laughs> oh, craziness. Uh Eric Douglas, why do I take Roddy so seriously when the only thing he's done is beat enhancement talent and yell at him? Wow. Oh, come wow. on. <laughs> Mike's in the house as well. What is going on? Easy E. How did Matt's wife let him out there with ashy ankles? Oh, I got thoughts on that one. I got one thing to say. Get Excalibur the F up out of here and get Rick Abani full-time ASAP. Agree. Kind of agree. I like Ian. Yeah, he, I, he's, he's been I, on a lot. I like Ian, too. I think I think with Excalibur, it's we're so used to the shtick from him. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. enough. It's enough with that. I don't. I don't really care for it anymore. I'm not mad at Excalibur. I just think that there's. If I could pick like the teams, I think I would be happy. Like I like Caprice and Riccoboni as a team. I didn't think Kevin Kelly was that bad. I don't know why he lost his spot all of a sudden. Like what did he do? But <laughs> I don't. I, I just I didn't feel like he had enough time to even get into there before people would be mad. But I could see people saying he's bland too. I don't know. I don't think that. But uh, back up the Brinks truck. Do whatever you got to do. Buy Excalibur out of his contract and send him to BWG where he belongs. Jeez. <laughs> Matt Lopez says, good evening, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. What is going on, Matt? Appreciate your family. Sir Quills says, what's up, Conrad? Derek, chat. Your boy, Sir Quills, is back again to get into yet another AEW Dynamite review. Let's get into it. What up, Quilly? Appreciate you. Someone said they have firehouse subs for the first time tonight. Nobody told me it was this good. I've never had it before. Have you guys? Mm -mm. No. No. Okay. All right. I'm a rookie. My my nephew tells me to try it all the time. Anthony Slate, what's good? Welcome. Uh, Pro Wrestling Shoot, why is Swerve's eyes looking like? uh, Because tonight will be the night that I... Tonight (laughs) will be the night that I fall for you. (laughs) Over again. <laughs> Mike said Rochester, New York in the building. I hear you, bro. I hear you. BJ getting some love in the chat. XG dubs here. What is good? Dark Elite Eric says, I voted. Thank you, E. Much appreciated. Deanna Conrad question is 2024 the year of bad mustaches. Yeah, it's looking yeah. like it. Yeah, pretty much. I've seen a lot of them out here in these streets. Can't can't have that going on. Yeah, no. <laughs> can't have that going on. By the way, guys, we got some WWE 2K news. I guess I'll get into it real quick. But this is also the perfect time to plug the pro wrestling shoot. My guys at the you that's hater, Derek. That is hater. They haven't even announced anything, and you're thumbing it down. We found out we're gonna get some news dropping here on the 22nd of January. Make sure you guys show them some love. Yeah, I know it's an AEW stream. Fight forever gonna have some new stuff soon, too. I know, I know. Relax, relax. Uh, and they also tweeted out this picture. Your boy's been telling y'all for a year. Special guest referee is coming back. They didn't put them sliders in last year for no reason. Now, I can think of the shenanigans BJ's going to try to pull. Don't let it get you down, people. It's going to be okay when BJ plays his, his R2K stuff. He's got it right up there. Run the rumble. He's going to be fair, impartial. He's going to call it right down the middle. All right, it's gonna be all good things, but I do like that they're adding stuff into the game. Hopefully, it's a season. fun game. I'm looking forward to the reveals. 
<laughs> what did BJ say? I said, I said for this season because it's on two K, uh, two uh, twenty three. So, <laughs> Chad joining us. What's good? What up, he said, man? "I love Hangman's mustache." <laughs> Eric said, random question, what's y'all favorite dessert? Uh, I don't know. Oh, favorite dessert? I got to be in the mood for a bunch of different things. It depends. One I mean, day I want brownies, the next day I want ice cream. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place with it. Uh, I mean, like, like, what kind of category are we talking? Because yeah. dessert dessert could be anything. <laughs> How we many eggs got... does it take till you get to <laughs> <laughs> Y'all too young for that song. Y'all not ready for that song. <laughs> all right let's get into this let's get into this um who said butter pecan butter pecan pottery joe jackson cut it out cut it out <laughs> i always think of the jackson five when he went to go cheat on uh michael jackson's mom go can you go get me some butter pecan ice cream and then she hears the phone conversation you ain't nothing but a liar and a cheat joe and i don't want you no more Haunted me, as you can tell, in my childhood to now. <laughs> Opening contest tonight on Dynamite. It was a battle uh, between Dustin Rose and Christian Cage. Dustin got one promo to sell you on why you should watch this match. Dustin did a great job. Christian, in-ring general, and he was a heel. Tonight was the first night in a while that I felt like we had two different types of folks here. And it's where... You watch wrestling nowadays, and there's a lot of cool heels. And I think Christian could fall into that if you're like a, a fan like we are. We're, we're on here on YouTube right now talking about wrestling. But tonight felt like the crowd played along. You knew who the bad guy was. You knew who the good guy was. And things made sense. I liked it. That that, that was just me personally. Um I, I thought they told a great story. Dustin fought back. He was resilient. He said that he needed that TNT championship. I kind of want to see him get it now a little bit, but maybe I'm just bugging this week. I also thought on collision he should start teaming with Willie Mack, too. I was like, they'd be a good tag team. I've been having weird thoughts about Dustin Rhodes. I don't know how you guys felt about this one, but that's my summary of it. Uh, go ahead, Beach. Um, I was okay with it. Um, I So I understand what Dustin – incorporating the destroyer and I believe he even did a code red uh in this match i understand like the hype and appeal and oh it gets people talking exactly like what i'm doing but i can't help but think that i remember seeing like dustin being so smooth and so good in the ring and i know injuries and i know age all plays a factor and i know he can do them but they're not as fluid they're not as smooth and those moves are a little bit harder on him than something he could put into his arsenal. So I'm now to the point of almost being like, come on, Dustin, like let's, let's straighten this up. Let's do it a little better or, you know, don't do those moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that he's coming in and, willing to use the new style of wrestling that that's happening now. But I, th I think at, I think at some point in time, you got to realize like you're, you're Dustin Rhodes. You don't need to do it. You, you can do your own, you could do your own thing. Like we're, we're, I, I don't know about you. I, I think I can speak for all three of us. We can appreciate what Dustin does. If it's 
just Dustin Rhodes doing what he what he normally does. I don't think we need to see the extra theatrical moves coming from him. I mean, I, I appreciate it, but I don't think it's really necessary for him to do so. So I I, I do I, I I agree with you, BJ. It's it's not necessary at this point. I'm a piggyback off of Derek's point before I move to the next match or segment. Uh, I do think, though, that Dustin is Dustin Rhodes. And if that's the move he wants to do to get the oohs and ahs, then, hey, go for it, man. It, I, I think it works for him. He doesn't get to wrestle as often as people think. So he's like, yo, I got to go out there and crush this thing if if I want to get used. So um, I, I, I love Dustin. I hope people appreciate him while he's here still like going in the ring because it's, we're, we're towards the end more than we are the, you know, the prime stage yeah. of Dustin yeah. Rhodes, yeah. but good for him. And I'm glad he's still like teaching people stuff in the ring. Uh, we got people saying grandpa versus dad in this one. <laughs> Come on now. Dustin, even for his age, still looks better than Matt Hardy. Come on oh. now. Come on. No, no slander. Now he wasn't even on the show to defend himself. Right. <laughs> uh, Dustin don't get to wrestle like that on the regular. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say replace that uh, Matt with that Jeff. Man. Yeah. You might. <sighs> we'll talk more about it. He's got a match coming up this week, too. Not appropriate, Derek. Uh, Swerve Strickland. Swerve Strickland. We heard from him backstage. He was talking with Renee Paquette. This was kind of about his journey, his story, saying how he still wants to be the world champion. He's not sweating Hangman Page. Thought it was a fine segment. I really don't have too much to say about it. It's Swerve. Swerve's been doing a really good job. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what extra to say about Swerve other than give him the title. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Give him give that man the belt. Right. Um then we got MVP's so button. In your face, bro. <laughs> We got MVP's buddy here, Chris Jericho. Um, he was Come upset. On, don't don't look so excited, bro. <laughs> I, dude, I don't even know what to say about this. Jericho looked upset about the tag team titles. Great, cool, whatever. And uh, Matt Seidel comes from out of nowhere, like butting into the conversation. This is awkward sometimes when people, hey, you're Chris Jericho, and you need to go up against someone who can beat you. Right. Get out of here, you. Like, what have you done lately? You beat it. But apparently, they're going to have a match. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to be able to hide the booze this time? I guess that's my my only question for Jared. They, they, this is going to be part of the state of AEW for me, parts of this. So I'm going to pass it on to you guys. If you have anything to say, feel free. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's definitely going to be in some of the state of AEW stuff for me as well but I will just say uh, you got Matt Seidel playing the early Wheeler Eater role <laughs> and like the this type of segment is the kind of stuff that uh, it will come into play later on like I said but it's the kind of stuff that it could be swapped out for some other things that they do during the week, each week. I know you're trying to promote Rampage, but um, I, I actually went back and checked because of this segment. And it is fair to say that over the last year, AEW uh, Rampage 
gets about 300 to 400,000 viewers. Um, the Rampage is being taped right after Dynamite, for those who have never been to an AEW show. Rampage comes on after Dynamite. Like, if you paid for the ticket, you get both shows. So, usually. Yeah, usually. So you film the promo to hype up your show, but you put it on the TV show that the fans are seeing that they're just going to get here in just a little bit. You could have put this on, like, YouTube. Again, we'll get to that stuff later, but, like, it just felt like this was... You wasted so much TV time with this. Yeah, and Jason mentions Chris Jericho is trying to help put the lower card people over. They have a bigger problem than that, and mm-hmm. that's the issue that I, I want fans of AEW to see is that there's a problem, and if the problem's not addressed, the problems are not going to go away. They may They may be quiet if they're in Rhode Island one night. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that disrespectfully to the wrestling fans in Rhode Island. Because, listen, I'm in Buffalo. Trust me. Everyone's like, New York City's the mecca of pro wrestling. How do you think that makes me feel when I get a show and it's like, it's been like that all my life, though. So, but when you're when you're looking at this, okay, Jericho may not get booed as much in small town USA. But when they go somewhere else, he's going to get booed. This is going to be an issue until it is solved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think they're going to end up having to do that. Uh <laughs> I have Seidel's number. I'm going to have to hit him up if he doesn't stop this Jericho pool licking shit. I'm going to block him. <laughs> you leave that man alone. He's only doing what he's told. He, he um, was yeah, we're going to move on to this. Oh, go ahead. He, he was born to do it. <laughs> it's, that, it's that third eye. It's that third yeah. eye. Oh, brother. Let's get into the. I didn't even see this match added. I actually had to go get this graphic during the show. Thanks, Tony Khan. Once again, annoys me every Wednesday and Tuesday because he doesn't have all the graphics and matches set up. Penta and Commander versus Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. I call this the Strange Bedfellows match um, because this they are in tag teams, but their partners are behind them. Usually it's Pentagon and Ray Phoenix versus, like, you know, the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. But instead, we got ourselves, like, Penta and Commander versus Orange and Trent. It still works. I guess that's the good part about having factions, but okay. Um, this match was basically set up. Uh, Orange Cassidy gets the the win, I think, for his team. I couldn't even see who got the pen. Or no, maybe Trent got the pen. Trent penned someone. Best friends win. This, this is a, a segment to set up the Undisputed Kingdom. Roger comes out. He says, I'll fight you right now. He says, Orange, no, we're not going to do it right now. I'll see you at Revolution in six weeks. Okay, <laughs> we'll see what they do in between then. But it, I, I'm not mad at it. I can't, I'm just ready for Orange. Like, I'm at the point with certain things where I'm like, okay, I'm, Orange has had this belt for too long. Then you gave it back to him, and we're back in the same pattern. Like, I feel like we went forward. Then it was like, oh, back it up a little bit. And now I'm like, all right, let's move forward. If you're giving the belt to Roddy, give him the belt for now. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that segment or that match. Match was uh, fine for what it was. Uh, it, this is one of those. It felt like the friends of the Bucks face the friends of the Bucks, and that. And I'm not labeling that about those teams. I'm labeling it about this matchup because we've seen it. Like these are some of the same people that we get all the time. 
Um, the Roddy thing. This would have made more sense to me if this promo happened three weeks from now when there were three weeks left for the show, but to say, I want you to hold it and know that you're warming it up. And I got six weeks of time to fill in between that, that I was like, nah, that, that shouldn't happen right here. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, and I think that's, that's something else that we can also address in the state of AEW. Um, I know that that's one thing I kind of wanted to touch on, but BJ, I, I agree with you that I think, if we go halfway uh, to the pay-per-view, that works. But we're talking like six weeks now. Like, mm, mm-hmm. doesn't fit. And uh, I'm going to back up Pro Wrestling Shoot here. He said, am I weird to want Penta singles run? No, yeah. I kind of want Penta to have a singles run too. But I'm a Lucha Underground fan, so maybe I'm biased in that. Same. I would much rather see Penta on his own. Just because some people eat a lot of pins and... I'm going to have a conversation about that in another match here momentarily. Is OC still going to defend every week for six weeks? <laughs> Feed him six people, maybe? I don't I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, I hope they have a plan. That's all I can say. Uh, and then someone said, is Britt going to join them, the Undisputed Kingdom, when she comes back, or does she go solo? I think you keep Britt away from this. Yeah, she doesn't need to be in this. Yeah, Honestly, one of the good things they're doing is that they're trying to beef up this women's division. They're trying to give them more opportunities. I can see what they're trying to do. So if Britt wants to be involved in that, she's got she's got a lot of stuff happening in there. Um, Moving on. Hangman Page is backstage with Renee. Yeah, I'd like a title shot too. Rah, rah, rah. Check out my mustache. It's a nice mustache. It's a crustache. And yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. He He cut a fine promo. Nothing bad, nothing great about it either. You know what I mean? It's the same thing I felt about Swerve. Like, okay, I know where we're going with this. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. The only thing that got me, and it's a mannerism thing. So half the promo, when he was doing like the initial front half, like intensity, every like couple of words, it was <sighs> like, like he was trying to get as much air as he could. And then he's immediately talking about something where he's calmer. And it was completely gone. And it that dramatic like breathing threw me off. (laughs) So it wasn't even it wasn't even what he said. It was just the like, dude, like get your air. Like what's going on? Like you got a cold or something? (laughs) Right. BJ, I'm not gonna lie. Even I I'll probably always say this about Hangman. He's had some good promos, um, Mm -hmm. but I think for the most part, I do not like his style of promo. And how he cuts it where he's loud or he's like real somber. He's real in the breathing thing too. Like it's just it comes off awkward. And I don't know if any like legend would pull him to the side and just say, like, hey, kid, like if you do it like this, I'd rather him be angry all the way through or somber all the way through a yeah. promo than than and, and the going back I'm a and big forth. Man fan. Like that, you know, it didn't take anything. This is just the first time I noticed it was so dramatic from one way. To the other so facts um listen guys i am i've had this in here for an entire year um jay briscoe they we had a moment here i'm not gonna lie rob called me during this and rob said they got me and then i was like yeah they, they got me too bro they got me too the the tears were welling up a little bit in my eyes um mark briscoe comes out and talks about his brother jay 
And he even brings out Jay's family on the stage. Uh, his daughter at one point was mentioned, was told that she wouldn't be able to walk and she walked out on stage. Great moment. You could see the pain in uh, Mark Briscoe's eyes. That was what got me. Him talking, you could see the pain in his eyes of losing his brother. Like, you hear people say, like, oh, I love this person all the time, things like that. You can tell that Mark Briscoe loves his brother. They were inseparable, always together. I told you guys my personal story. I used to see them all the time with Jay Lethal. Those three could never be broken up. It was a bond that they had. I saw them every time. They were always late, <laughs> but I saw them every time. And um, very special, very special bond between them. So it got me choked up. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I have I have <clears throat> excuse me. I have short term history with with the Briscoes, um, but from what I've seen and what I've encountered, I mean it it speaks for itself. Um, definitely um, pulled the strings. Definitely pulled the strings, but you know it. It's a way of life, unfortunately, but you know we don't we don't forget the the good times that that we that we've had. So, you know it it's, it sucks that he's gone, but you know it's it's a plus that we still remember him and we always will. And mm-hmm. he's impacted us on a on a huge level. So you take it for what it's worth. So it sucks that he's gone, but you know. Yeah, I um, this was real intense, especially when you could hear it in uh, Mark's voice as well. Like, you know, one of those kinds of things if if he ends up telling the story of this night somewhere and it's like, yeah, I knew that what the plan was. And then I felt it when I like that's what it kind of seemed like. It felt like one of those moments. And uh, I'm glad the rest of the family is as well as they can be. I'm glad they were celebrated. Um, and, uh, I mean, as anyone could say, just, it's, it's a shame that it has to be done or like, like to be celebrated that way rather than having them both on TV with us now. And, um, shout out, shout out to the girl who they, um, they caught on camera that was crying. She seemed to be a little, on the younger side to understand, you know, like what they really brought to the wrestling world. But I think she understood enough and that really hit her hard. And so um, shout out to her for, for understanding like what the situation is. Yeah. And I see a lot of people in the chats that they cried big time. I hear you guys. I hear you. Um, Tough part about being a wrestling fan sometimes is when you got to, hear that and then this i hope you guys allow me here to transition here because anger is about to come now but i'm trying to preface myself because i really don't want to be angry here but i'm going to be because i did not like this segment at all and you might say nah you hate the bucks conrad you're a cm punk fan you hate the bucks Perhaps, perhaps I will tell the truth and say perhaps that's it. But I did not like this interview segment at all. They're walking around with mustaches. They're trying to be serious. And they did the one thing, BJ. Where's BJ at? Let me pull us up. 
<laughs> they did the one thing that I've been telling you, Derek, Jesse, E, anybody in the chat who will listen to me. Matt Jackson is so effing annoying when he has to say, I'm an EVP. I started this company. Stop saying that it is annoying imagine if you worked with this dude just imagine you work at like Matthew. a hardware store <laughs> i will call him butt munch if i need to i am sick of hearing about this i'm an evp uh, did you get your check this week renee thank you and he, they said they're going by their god-given names now matthew and nicholas <laughs> lame i'm not feeling this i don't know what this is supposed to be are they going to still dress like the Bucks? Are they going to come out in slacks too? Like, what is this? I, don't, I wasn't feeling it. And they had a line in here. Do not say. Now, if CM Punk claps back, I don't want to hear any whining. We, we let in. Hold on. What was it? Superstars that were toxic and cancerous to the locker room. And this isn't about Sting. They're setting them up to have the match with Sting and Darby out. I don't know how you guys felt. I thought it sucked. I'm not a fan of this. I'm not feeling it. Go ahead, Beach. The cancerous line, absolutely a shot at Punk. And the minute it came out of Matthew's mouth, uh, I was just like, dude, let it go. Like, come on. The second thing is, uh, yeah, we're EVPs, and we need to be taking that role seriously. Yeah, because clearly before you didn't. Um, And... Lastly, just I feel like this this new turn already is like some weird amalgamation of being super critical of what the online stuff has been towards them mixed with them going to be like their own little like tag team version of Vince McMahon. And I'm not for any of it. And I really wish they weren't on the other side of the ring for Sting's final match. And this is coming as a fan of the elite. This is where I have gone to with Nicholas and Matthew. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I was turned off as soon as I saw them. I was like, all right, I already know the BS is coming right now. I don't want to hear none of it. I, I like, I legitimately, I I, tur- I turned up the volume and legitimately went in the kitchen as I was cooking just to listen to what they were saying. And I, I, I completely stopped doing what I was doing to hear that. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. All right. All right. Guys, please. <laughs> we are touching on a sore subject repeatedly. Why? Why does it why does it still matter to you? I don't understand, but but you know what? I'll leave it there because that that is what I I really want to address. Moving on, apparently, moving on. Uh, we 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 can get into this. Um, I'm going to go to the chat here. I just want to see what some of them said. A lot of people are saying, uh, "Oh, Connor, welcome, Connor." He said, "I was able to get discounted tickets to this show with a friend of mine tonight. Such a fun time for my second ever wrestling show. I hope you enjoyed yourself, bro." I uh, hope you got you were able to get a t-shirt. Uh hope that things went well for you. Uh wrestling's always fun to go to. Matt Lopez says corporate bucks. 
Easy, he said, I like the interview. I like the look. And Matt did his least overacting I've ever seen him not do. LOL. I want to see where this goes, but I wish they did it with Punk. That w- my biggest problem with this whole thing, but I'll, I'll get into it. Nobody answered my question last week. Are the Young Bucks over with fans? I think that they have their fans, but I don't think they're as over as they were when eight when AEW first started. I have a Young Bucks t-shirt in my closet. Ask me if I ever wear it now. Rarely. Rarely. It just sits there. But I've got a lot of shirts of people that I probably won't ever wear again too. So because I, I just don't like them anymore. It's just it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh been watching the Wonder Years lately, butt munch. <laughs> YouTube, please don't demonetize me for saying butt munch. <laughs> what would you do if I sang out of tune? Uh, I'm old. Yeah, I'm old, too, because I knew exactly what you were talking about. By the way, did everybody see Eric Bischoff said something positive about AEW tonight? He said he liked the hook segment. No one cares what Eric Bischoff has to say. Kudos to Eric Bischoff. For, I feel like he put that in his Rolodex. So he'd be like, I did say something positive on 117 2024 about AEW. How dare you say I'm negative? What wasn't as good as a uh, road dog performance? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I'm not. Let me. Let me. One more time, because I don't want anyone to misquote me when we're like at the Revolution Preview and Prediction Show. I do not have an issue with the Young Bucks being Sting's last matches. Sting said he wanted them. Cool. I don't. That's fine. No issue. D- are the Bucks going to put on a good match? I sure hope so. I don't have issue with that. I hope they main event the show with them. I'm fine with that. But I- I'll talk more about my other issues. I BJ say, knows what we're going I, I, I have to interject because you said you know at, with the Bucks and being okay with it. But me, as Sting was my guy, like, yeah, like, historically, I said, like, Ultimate Warrior is what caught my attention at such a young age. And, like, I got hooked on wrestling. But one, I was, like, actually being able to, like, uh, like, see things play out and stuff. Sting was, like, I had moved over to WCW. Sting was always that dude. Sting was always my guy through every phase, even the Wolfpack. I've always been for Sting. So to see it be against the Bucks just doesn't feel right. Mm. I, so, I agree with that, DJ. I, so, I agree with that. Hubs uh, in the house, he said, Brother Conrad, my guy Derek, and BGZ. What's good, fellas? My guy, Me and Sean host a show every Monday, Clash of the Podcast, live at 6.05 Eastern Standard Time. You may want to be there. Last week's episode was a brilliant one. Um, we talked about black wrestlers. Uh, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Show us some love, man. Go back, check that out. We even had a little talk about Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal. Yeah. So um, I'm going into, someone said, middle age Bucks, people showing Hub some love. This new version of the Bucks would have worked so much better if Punk was in the storyline. The Young Bucks in 2024 are over. Webster's dictionary definition of over finished. Reach conclusion no longer wanted. Wow. He went Dean Douglas on us over here. Wow. Cherilax, how do you have your guy kick out at one? Um, we'll get into the main event soon, trust me. 
And yeah, they're get, they're talking about the Sting match. We're gonna move forward here. We're gonna try and get through this uh, six man tag match. I don't have a lot of words for this chaos. When there's more than four people in here, Derek always calls it. That's why he doesn't like it, but chaos it works. Uh, I thought this was a good six man tag match. Guess what? Brian Cage matched. Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. And guess who? Guess who took the pen? Take a guess, guys. Do you know who? It's always my boy Khan. Why does he get pinned all the time? Why couldn't Brian Cage get pinned? Why couldn't it be Toa even? Why does it always have to be Khan? Like, I don't like that. Uh, Khan looks great. He looks like a million bucks. A million bucks, that dude. I, I just don't get it. I don't just get immediately it. immediately uh, thought, um, you know, to make an old TV reference, like with the Wonder Years earlier, that... Uh, you're just sitting there in front of your TV when it happens, and you just give all like the Star Trek con <laughs> every time. <laughs> so, dude, oh my goodness, I just hate it, man. I feel I, I like con a lot, so that's just me talking. But they so Bowens came down to the ring, he distracted Nana was gonna clobber someone with the six man championship. Bowens took it out of his hands. Uh, Jay White was about to beat him down, apparently. Can't do that to Nana. But he gets caught. Uh, Blade Runner. I almost said Switchblade. Blade Runner. One, two, three. It's over. Bullet Club Gold. New theme tonight, by the way. I don't know if everyone noticed that. Mm -hmm. I saw them talking about it on IG, I think it was. Austin Gunn. Two words. Put them up. And uh, I can't say the word. I just realized that's why I censored myself. Put them (laughs) up. And, uh, yeah, they, they did it, man. Like, good for them. Uh, I have a theory about where this storyline is going. There's two theories to it. The less likely one is they're going to form a big faction with the acclaimed in Bullet Club Gold. All right. The more realistic thing that I think is going to happen is unification match of the trios titles. We do not need two separate trios titles. And I am for it. I am for it. Me too. I'm I'm for just getting rid of the titles. Sorry. (laughs) I think it's needed. For sure. Yeah. Listen, there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. No, it, it's, it's um, definitely needed, but you, you know me, man. I, I don't care for the trios. Understandable. Uh, Matt Lopez said Bullet Club's theme was great. I was feeling it. Mm-hmm. I was feeling it a lot. Um, Going into it, we got a promo from Adam Cole and Wardlow. Uh. It was fine for what it was. They're they're building the story as we've been talking about for weeks. I think I've talked about it with both of you. We know where this is headed, I think. I walk alone. <laughs> that's all yeah. I'm gonna say. Yeah. <sighs> See, Derek, that's an appropriate time to give a thumbs down. Instead of instead of the the boom, it's doom. <laughs> it's the it's the boo. Yeah. <laughs> boo. Um after that. We got ourselves a women's match. It was the lovely Anna Jay, the lovely Deanna Perrazzo, and the lovely timeless Tony Storm on commentary. I had fun with this one. Um, forget all the haters who were saying bad things about Deanna Perrazzo. I do not care. I do not care. I know what is lovely. I am here to tell y'all that. Do not talk bad about my girls. Um, I am a I am a fan of them bringing in Deanna Perrazzo. I think it's going to increase the in-ring technical part of their wrestling show 
for sure. Anna J, they still seem to have her in this. She is learning things, but she's getting opportunities role. And Tony Storm as a character is fan freaking tastic. Peraza wins with a tap out. She uses her uh, arm bar finishers all the time. You will see those come in great variety and in different ways. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I liked everything about it. I like the direction with Deanna and Tony. Um, and uh, I'm going to do something and I hope that sound wise, because I wasn't thinking about it when I did it earlier. I hope that sound wise, it doesn't mess anything up. But for those people making the comments, Go drink some water. Go touch some grass. Step away from your keyboard for just like, I don't know, a day and go try to be in society. See if you still feel edgy enough to think things like you do. Okay. You saw her rolling tonight. She was rolling mighty fine. No mm -hmm. issues while people are talking that hot garbage. Yeah. Oh, and say it in front of Steve Macklin, too. Say it in front of him. Absolutely. See what that dude does. Uh, Derek, any thoughts on any of this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. It was definitely a good match. But, it, you know, it's it's at that point now. Um, you know, we're, we're building up to uh, Perrazzo versus uh, Tony Storm, which is good. Uh, I think I think we, we get the roadblocks here, you know. Everybody's stepping in the way, whether it's a, a feud or not. But it's it's a it's a roadblock for her to get to Tony Storm. And honestly, I believe if you do it correctly, um, you get Deanna Perrazzo to Tony Storm, but you create the the tension between Tony Storm and um, oh my God, drawing a blank. What's her name? Um. Anna J, Deanna Perrazzo, Tony Storm. No, no, no. Um, what's what's Tony Storm's? Um, Mariah May. Mariah May. Yeah, uh, I was drawing a blank. Um, but I, I think that's where you get the uh, the beginning of the end, where you get <laughs> get those two together, and then that's where Deanna Perrazzo steps in. It could happen. And and Tony Storm provided comedy relief to the segment. So it gave, as BJ would say, layers to what they were doing. It wasn't just a women's match and goodbye, that's the end. Tony Storm got to speak. They did an interview segment and then Deanna cuts a serious promo, but then Tony speaks and Tony Storm is so outlandish that you don't know what to say. She broke Deanna and Renee in the ring with that whole, I should, next time you say that to me, I'm going to sock you in your box. And they were just like, oh. Oh, she did she just say that and not get in trouble? Oh Lord. Oh Lord, don't break. And they just broke instantly. And I the fans were laughing. It was great. Tony Storm gets the character and she pushes it all the way. They were throwing shoes at each other. We're like, what is this? Luther is the best Luther has looked in AEW. Yeah. He is the butler. He is Luther. And it's just great. It works. And Mariah may be in the background. It works. I'm interested to see where this keeps going. We got Deanna is awesome, or excuse me, I said Deanna. Deanna, you are awesome too. Deanna is awesome. Deanna is much better wrestler than uh, dumbing herself down for Anna J. I don't think she had to. I mean, Anna J is still in learning too. Anna, Anna, Anna. Ah, back when I enjoyed BT, you know. 
Uh, I see people saying E-Drones are saying no Monet. Uh, I was told keep waiting for it. That's all I'm going to say. Somewhat unrelated, but this is my opinion. Does tie into the subject. Sting, legendary respected situation. Has me thinking about Flair in 2008. The amazing send-off and came back to tarnish his image. Now Sting is trying to do the right thing as he leaves, yet AEW not really doing it the right way. But if Sting really did ask for it, and I believe he did. That's that's Sting's choice. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. I, I, I think the Bucks can give him a good match. I really do. What the Funk's in the house, what's good? Please do not uh, censor me. I said funk, like the music. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, yeah. one thing to say off of that. It just, it, I don't know, it just hit my, my brain. Just made me think, like, this would have been a really good idea. And it's too bad they never capitalized on it. Sting's like first opponents when he came in, like one one of his first like big feuds with Darby was Ricky and Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. With Brian Cage losing tonight, if they would have kicked him out, why couldn't they have in this amount of time maybe had him and Ricky do it again or Ricky and Big Bill this time? That would have been better. That would have been better. Something was said that I'm going to bring up. But- did I miss the Sting segment? Not yet. There's, I'm, I'm going to bring this up in one second in this segment here. It's because something was said. Uh, I don't know how they said those curse words, Jason. Um, maybe you can get away with saying... Um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use here that I can substitute for? Melons. Maybe you can say melons on TV. I don't know. I don't work at television, so maybe... Um, is it stress that Tony Storm has become the most uh, entertaining female performer slash wrestler in the industry? I don't think I, it's a stretch at all. She's been brilliant lately. I don't think it's a stretch either. We have a, a uh, subject to who is the breakout performer. And when I say that, that doesn't mean you have to be in the business. Maybe you changed your character. Maybe you did something and you broke out in a different way. Tony Storm's in consideration for me to be put in that spot in that mm-hmm. awards form that i'm filling out tomorrow like that's that's how i feel about it at least um let's let's keep going through this let's uh we've so we find out the matchups that are coming up so rampage you have jericho seidel queen amanada oh thank you i heard she is side now thank you tony khan you did the right thing here uh versus chris statlander anthony henry versus pentagon anthony henry slept on him and jd drake are really really good i just want people to know that jd drake out here having them wcw saturday night matches out here just slobber knocking people and, and putting a whooping on them um darby allen versus jeff hardy as bj had mentioned earlier about the other hardy he has a match and we're probably gonna get some crazy i'm on rampage tonight because we're drawing the ratings dude i don't even know what this talk is i don't even know what this is supposed to be i'm not feeling it with the hardys either i'm like i don't know what you guys are trying to do but it ain't working um we find out Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus BCC, Danielson and Claudio. Buddy Matthews is going to be in action against uh, Danny Garcia. And John Moxley returns to collision. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we, we got those things. And then this we got a tag team match. What do you know? There's a tag division without belts on the line. You got Top Flight versus Private Party. I liked this match a lot. We had some young, hungry brothers up in here doing their thing. I was feeling it. 
Um, this was good. I want to see more of this. This is what either Ring of Honor's tag division should be about, or this is what your tag division needs to be about more. But these guys need to be wrestling. Great match. Uh, private party establishes at their heels. Marquen cheats. He does the O'Connor roll and falls back and says, whoops, got yeah. it. And Top Flight's disappointed. And Action Andretti, I don't know if he drank a water on his way out or what he did. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. Stop doing that, though. Please stop. It, it is nerdy. That is like lunch table nerd stuff to do. Do not do that. So <laughs> it's cool. He could have did it once, like on BTE or something. I'd be like, okay, fine. That's cool. Cool trick you could do. Do not do this on TV every week. Right. He comes out, he tells the truth of what happened. There's a little, hey, what's up with you guys, man? This is BS, blah, blah, blah. I would like to see I would like to see them run this match back a couple times or even if it's in singles on Ring of Honor or something let these guys get in the ring and I think they could cook if you had like a WWE style like house show schedule for them let them get in the ring constantly and then you're like eh, at the pay-per-view you guys can face each other I think they would have a knock the socks off type of match that's just me talking Yeah I agree with that I agree too um I I, I especially agree about the water bottle thing uh it's like I, okay i got it like the first time and then that's that's it you know let's be done with it from there yeah i agree uh, yeah and then, and then uh, i'm happy to see private party back but that damn screen stop it yeah don't want to hear it. um i'm gonna try and be quick with these last two things sting and darby allen come up after this uh, we get highlights, and in the highlights, did you guys hear them mention that they wanted to be the tag team champions? Yeah. You heard that, right? Yeah. You heard it too, BJ? Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe we are going to get that Big Bill match. Maybe they do become the tag team champions. I don't but know. Is it, but is this before they face the Elite, though? I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't, want, I don't want that. Yeah, I, 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 don't want that, I don't want that match to be for the tag team titles if the Bucks are also in it because the Bucks lost their opportunity. Yes. Uh-oh. Hub's coming with a controversial opinion. We should all appreciate old WCW for more title changes. Uh, <laughs> he said, not all but some because in 2024, both AEW and WWE, we are seeing world title matches with no chance of change. That's not good. I don't, we'll see. We'll see. Sting and Darby said they want to end as tag champs. Could happen. Could, that was what I was pitching their final match be for the tag titles. The belts are on the line. Little little surprise in there. See what you do, but we'll see what they do. I'm going to leave it at that. Main event time. Sponsored by Suicide Squad. Not sponsoring me, but I'm just letting you know what it was sponsored by for this match. Samoa Joe versus the FTW champ all caps hook um i love the promos for this match i love the artwork that they did i didn't even put the video game one up but i love the batman look that they've been given hook with the sign up in the air then it's on the mat when he gets into the ring it's a thing of beauty in my opinion it is a thing of beauty yeah, yeah. I, agree. I, I gotta say this is for c this is best best match i've seen hook in no i'm kidding yeah about time about time you know 
Um, Listen, I, I had to. I give. I had to give him his props for this one. This this one was good. But this is what I. This is what I've been saying for a long time. Like I couldn't get behind him until he actually got into a lucrative match. This was it. Had to go slow though. Had to go slow. I think Hook got his bell ring in this. Um, this was an excellent match, and so Joe wins. He puts him in the coquina clutch. He wins the three. They they did three. Thank goodness. B, I know BJ's issue. How you doing one in one match and then three in this match? I think that was BJ who said that <laughs> yep. to me. Yep. I just thought of that instantly tonight. And I was like, okay, they did the three. And after that was done, I really he came back in, he gave him the muscle buster, he was getting back up, and they had Hangman make the save. And I thought that that was a Jeff Hardy moment. Jeff Hardy, Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I wanted Joe to keep beating him until he said, I'm not through with you, man. You can't break me, Taker. And then he came in and eventually he's like, I can't even beat on you anymore, man. You're tough. You're a tough kid. All right. Now stop calling me out or I'm going to have to mess you up for real. <laughs> and then they could have moved on. That's what I really wanted Joe to do. But they, they're trying to establish Joe as the heel. So I don't think they wanted to do that. But I thought they missed an opportunity here. That's just me, fan perspective. I'm not that mad about it. But I thought that's what they should have did. One of the key things there is Hook went for the finisher. but didn't get it so you've always got that what if he would have locked it on so so yeah uh e yeah i i i don't need the the signal per se i just needed a caliber match interesting that that, that's all i really needed i don't i don't care for the the signal signal was cool don't get me wrong but I needed a I needed a caliber match for for me to buy into Hook because the I get the slow burn and everything, but I wasn't buying into it until I got that match. He wasn't ready though, Derek. That was what I'm saying. I think that they said something early, and then Hook was like, "I can do a little bit," and they were like, "Fine, let's put him in there." And you know, you give him some of those matches, you get him rolling, but then it was like, "Well, do you, do you really want to put him in there with like the world champ yet? No, not yet, because he's still learning. He's still." at the wrestling school and stuff like that. I thought he did great tonight. Um, I felt bad for him on that bump on the table. Like I said, the back of the head. Was I got a bell rung. I will say that uh, the, uh, the, the count out situation. Stop. That that's too much. Oh, it's just an overused spot, bro. It's no different than uh, the Tower of Doom standing there. Let's all stand there and catch someone. These are things that I would like to see stopped as well, but I don't own a wrestling company, but I would yell at people for doing that. I'd be like, don't do it anymore. I'm done. That's why I said I was impressed with Dustin and Christian's match. He ran off the steps and did a clothesline and got a pop. Hook is smart too, though. I can tell he went to MJF school. You know how? He waited until he knew his spot was the suplex and the people popped for the suplex instead of him doing something crazy like jump off the ladder man okay you don't need to do that every time it's no. good when they do do it but when you don't need to you don't need to and right. i thought they did well with this um guys leave me your thoughts in the chat i'll go around thumbs up or thumbs down show tonight we're gonna keep it simple i'll still give it a thumbs up <laughs> you gotta make a choice you gotta make a choice son all right all right i'm with you guys i'm gonna say thumbs up tonight too <laughs> Uh, Hub said we need to stop seeing world title matches. We all know the outcome. Seth, Jinder, Hook, Joe, Roman over three years, MJF for a year. I don't appreciate predictable outcomes. Predictability's not bad. I'm going to yell this until the end of time. I will use the example of a dog pooping on a carpet. 
every time. That was unpredictable. It wasn't good. <laughs> I knew the dog had to go to the bathroom, but ta-da! Like, predictability is not bad. It's like getting mad at yourself because you're a logical thinker. Like, why are you upset about this? <laughs> they did what you wanted, but it was so predictable. I don't, you can't be mad at it, Hubs. Like, you watch wrestling long enough, you know the deal. Um, that being said, Hook is a star. Why put him in a match? We know he will not win the title. We love Ray Mysterio, but did we really think he beat Flair in 98? Think about what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. I get it. Oh, 99. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Uh, good show. Um, I hate this comparison. Why do you hate this comparison? Why? Why? So you guys one day want to wake up and see the Brooklyn Brawler like beat Triple H? He's like, yeah, I'm the WWF champion now. Nobody wants to see that. That's That would be shocking. That would be, wow, what did you know? You, you can't do that. You can't do that. And it's like I said, is it weird? Like, I think you're arguing with your own opinion. You're like, well, this is predictable. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen because you're a logical thinking wrestling fan. Uh, I think about like the uh, gender match on Monday where it was predictable that Seth was going to win. But because of all the hype and stuff, people people actually question. Now, the thought with your predictability is not a bad thing. If you were going, you know, we're years out, say we're like six years from this point in time in the future and we're doing recaps or we're talking about things historically and we're talking about that year's build up to that mania and all this kind of stuff. Is it really going to be something to say, oh yeah, and Gender briefly won the title and Seth got it back because of a thing that happened on the internet for a week? Or is the story about the longevity of Seth being a champion? That's that's where I'm saying, like, that is right now thinking instead of big, like, timeline. Like, all right. You know what, Jesse? You're the last one that I'm going to answer this stuff with because we're about to get into the state of AEW. We actually went way more, like 20 minutes longer than I wanted to, but that's okay. Seth gender was good then because it was predictable. No, damn it, because we said it was bad from the beginning. Do you are you listening to me? Predictability is not bad. I said this match sucks. <laughs> like you knew it's Jinder Mahal has no business being in the main event. He beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Who signed off on that? I want to meet the person who did it. When Nakamura was most popular, like, you know what? Let's have Jinder beat him. That was a great idea, guys. The guy who has people singing his song in the arenas, he was selling all those shirts. Yeah, you have them win the Royal Rumble. You make us think, okay, they got it this time. They're not going to screw it up. Nope, they did it again. There's a difference. There's a difference. When, some, when I smell bad, I know bad. That's the difference. When I smell the dog pooping, I know that's going to be bad, whether it's predictable or not. That's what happens in these situations. So listen to what people are saying beforehand. And it's okay. But if they decided to do a match one night where I'm trying to think of who would be in world title contention, if they did a match one week um, where it was like Keith Lee versus Samoa Joe or, or, or I don't know, put whoever in there that you think is believable, it's fine. Joe's got to beat people too. You know what I mean? You can't protect people. And I'm sure that's going to be like that. Conrad, you're being unfair. I'm not being unfair. You said unpredictable. What's unpredictable? So there's levels to it then, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's levels to it. You cannot just have people beating people just because. Gender Predictable is good if you need exposure. 
Jinder didn't deserve it. I don't care what anybody says. He did not deserve it at all. Because if you if you say Jinder deserved it, then my guy, Damian Sandow, should have beaten John Cena. But a lot of people will say that that shouldn't have happened. But we're okay with Jinder beating Seth Rollins, right? Mm, no. This, wait, if I watched, if every movie I watched was predictable, I wouldn't watch movies. You don't know what's going to happen in Mission Impossible? You don't know what's going to happen in that movie? Ocean's Eleven, you don't know what's going to happen when you watch them? I'm pretty sure I got a good handle on what's going to happen in Batman. I think I know what's going to happen. But why do we watch it then? Good. Because yeah. it's good. Because you like, you want to see how they tell the story and how they. I'm still into it when I'm watching it, right, Derek? How many times have you seen every Batman movie? Over a thousand times, probably. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So he said, I'm talking more like Y2J in 2000 on Raw. You could do something like that, but that was a pump fake, too. Yeah, that's the equivalent of Wardlow right now getting a shot against Joe. Yeah. He, he's someone who people like him. He's been a dominant person. He's just been on this lower tier. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. That's what I felt like they did with Jericho when he fought against Triple H and got that initial reaction on the fluke win. It was a let's try it out thing. Yeah. yeah. And you can do that. The more you do it, the less predictable things. You know what I mean? Like, then you can't do that as often. I, I told Derek the night action Andretti faced Jericho, he was going to win. You know why? Because I knew Jericho was desperate to get something going for himself. Like, I can smell it now. You know, I didn't know when one, two, three, Kid and Razor were going to do it because I was a kid. But I've watched it. And you said every movie. I'll tell you this. Me and Derek have seen enough movies and everything and watched them. And I could tell you there aren't many movies, but I could tell you the movies where me and Derek were like, yo, I was shocked by that. That was a good swerve. Yep. All right. When we first saw Saw, that was a good swerve because everyone in the theater was going crazy. We just went on opening night. We're like, let's just go see what this movie's about. Right. And I remember, can I spoil the movie? Have you seen it, BJ? Chat, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm, about to spoil, I'm about to spoil a movie that's like, is it? it's almost 20 years old now. Mm -hmm. But if you go see the first Saw, there's a spot where someone walks through and they, you would think Danny Glover's the killer in it, right? He walks through, boom, he's dead. We were like, Danny Glover's not the killer. It's not Danny Glover. And we went crazy. Crazy. Yes. That does not happen in every movie I go to see because no. I know where it's going. It's okay. Go watch Hitch. I know where it's going. Like I'm naming a bunch of different kind of movies. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And and don't say that. And I'm tired of people saying contradiction. No, I told you Jinder Mahal is doo-doo from the beginning. So that doesn't mean it was a good match because they put it on. People saying, like, let's randomly do something just to be different. That's not good. That's not good either. No. BJ, we're talking about AEW right now. I'm done. Don't bring Jinder Mahal's name up on here anymore, people. <laughs> I'm done with him. Let him manage. He was a he looks fine in the managerial role. Cool. He looks like a million bucks, by the way. State of AEW, BJ. I don't know okay. if we can run through this any faster, but let's rant and rave about this. Uh, I'll do my best here. So um We've, we've been talking about wanting to do this for a little bit, and it is to draw attention to things that have been going on in AEW, some since the beginning, 
Some are big moments. Some are big moments that have happened, but still have an effect. Um, and some are things that are happening temporarily like oh yeah we know this is going to be this way for like you know a couple months some of these have a lot more impact into the future um so i kind of just sorted some stuff out and i want to go through it there i will say uh i want to start it out this way and i will kind of end it this way as well because i'm going to end with some positives but i love aew it is my current favorite promotion uh, I have been on board since the beginning, so I as I, as you guys have as well. So anything that's being said here uh, for anyone who's either just coming into this or who picks this up audio-wise at any point, um, no one here hates AEW. So any of these uh, remarks or topics of discussion are not to be taken as oh yeah they're just hating on it we're not these are legitimate things that have come up that are uh sensitive subjects for some people that are definitely issues for the company and things that we'd like to see evolve for the better so with that being said i'm gonna get a big one out right up front cody rhodes leaving to wwe um, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to Cody leaving. Um, and then there's also a realization in all the questioning. The first thing I would like to say is the, is the realization of Cody going back to W. WE. A lot of people seem shocked by that. But if you really look at the whole picture, when Cody left and Cody making the list of names and Cody doing the the Bullet Club and Ring of Honor and all that kind of stuff. Did anyone think that that was Cody forever on the indies? Or did you also think it was kind of like when Drew left? Because for me, I remember when I first saw that stuff. I didn't take that as Cody being an indie guy forever. I thought this is the list and then I'm going to make a decision on what to do, whether that's be done with wrestling or go back. So with him ultimately going back, I was surprised given his stature in AEW, but overall with how he got there in the first place, I wasn't really. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for you, Derek. Okay, so do you, do you need me to summarize Derek's no, feelings no. about the Cody thing? <laughs> <laughs> that was a live reaction of it. Um, so so Co Cody was let's let's just say Cody Cody was my boy back in said company, and Cody was my boy back in AEW. Now, I think my issue with Cody is you set yourself up for failure by basically saying, like, I'm not I'm not ever going to challenge for the title. But then you also set yourself up for failure 
to have beef with the EVPs and then want to we don't know that he, he had beef with him bro <laughs> he well, had that, beef with that's him. that's that's the whole part of it is we don't know why he left for certain I mean that, that that's true we we don't know why they clashed but oh man you can't you can't you can't attack one company while you're in another company and then just go back like nothing ever happened i have i have a huge issue with that like that 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 that's like me saying i played with the toronto blue jays for 10 years then i go get a five-year deal with new york and say toronto is that's horrible horrible and then go back for another another five-year deal with Toronto. Hmm? I just bashed you. Why did you take me back? I don't know. It, I don't. Well, let, let me – can I say this? I think that we all had some type of love for Cody, whatever it was, all right? I like Cody a lot. Cody was my favorite EVP. I thought he went out. He handled business. I watched any podcast they were on talking AEW and the build up to the company before the shows. I was more into that than what was on other wrestling programs at the time. Maybe we had Lucha Underground. Maybe we had like something. The impact might have been of interest depending on the week. Uh, minus Derek yelling at people in my comment section. Um, but it, it depended, right? So, and, and even then, WWE even hit a single or a double here and there. We're using baseball references tonight, apparently. So, I love Cody so much, and I felt what Derek said at first, too, that he was, that he turned, it hurt, because Cody was Mr. AEW. He was rah, 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 I love this, I'm about this, and if you're a fan of Bullet Club, New Japan, and you saw this, you might have felt like, did he... Did he let he needed something when he first left? It wasn't like Cody was like major star, major star Roni. Like he he was doing fine, like he was doing great on the indie scene. But then when he came to New Japan, I was like, oh. When I saw the throne promo with him with the cigar, I was like, oh, this is good. This is really, really, really good. And I was with it, I was into it. I liked it a lot. But then we eventually transitioned into he was in AEW. I don't know what the issues were. Brandy were there. There were things that weren't working, things that did work, whatever. Power got taken away, and then all of a sudden, it felt like boo-boo face came on with all of them. Like, mm, okay, Tony. But the ratings were going up. They really couldn't say much. Things were happening. They really couldn't say too much. What are you going to say to me? So they went out there, and then they said, well, I'm going to bust my backside and do a great job. I thought Cody's promo with Jericho was one of the best promos Cody ever cut. That's my favorite Cody promo was the one about uh, the the book. You can get his book for $3 on Amazon right now. I loved it. I loved the line about the silver spoon in his mouth, all of that stuff, right? He did great. I believed in Cody. I, I am with Derek. Cody played himself by booking himself into that. I know someone may argue, well, Tony shouldn't have did it. Tony's a whole nother conversation I'm sure we're going to get into. That was their opportunity, and they missed out, in my opinion. Um, but Cody leaving to WWE. WWE released all those people. Tony picked them up. Here's what happened. That freed up a lot of money and a lot of space. Someone was going to bite to take that money. 
basically what Gomez and Bruce Pritchard were saying were, we need help. I need someone who's going to defeat Roman, who's going to slay this dragon, and who's going to take these millions. Think of how much money they make. And you see people with contracts like, oh, yeah, I make $5 million wrestling. And that's a big wrestling contract. How much money are these guys getting paid? WWE is worth billions, bro. And they're giving them, yeah, here's five mil. Have a good day. Cody went in and he took that bag. Cody's got to be making between five and 10 million, in my opinion. He has to be. He, I don't know how long he signed for, but he is getting paid his ducats. And remember before this, Cody was going to retire. Cody ain't retiring nothing now. He is in it to win it. Um, do I see him ever going back to AW? Perhaps, but Cody took it first and it hurt AEW even more, in my opinion, because he was an EVP. It's it started to say, what does it say about what's going on backstage? What does it say about the power structure? How come you don't believe in the place that you said you believed in at one point? It it it, it was the first, it was like a glass house and the stone cracked something. It wasn't fully cracked, but there was a big enough crack that you could see. You're like, something's wrong here. I agree. And so like the perception of when Cody was there and leaving and then when Cody made it to WWE and to where Cody's at now. Hopefully I'm not bleeding over my audio too much there. No, you uh, no that was me. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just heard it. So it heard me off. Anyways, um, Cody wasn't in as a um, he he booked himself to not be a main the main event. So when he left, when he was done, he was more shocked. But it was as if the Cody that we know in WWE right now right now left. Um, but as you said, seeing that like like glass cracking, uh, yeah, something can't be wrong. And nobody and at that nobody time had that any time idea, idea, inclination as to what that could have been. Right. And right. so, I mean, that will come into play maybe later as we're going down through this. But yeah, at that time, that was a big shock. But that is a past to present issue. But that's only half when it comes to the Cody situation. But we'll get on to that. The next one that I want to talk about is the EVPs, which Cody was initially an EVP on. Um, this is, uh, it's funny that you put up that stage. It's the same reason that I have, this is my uh, background logo for our chat, uh, because it was like, hey, do you remember this? I think we're the only people that seem to, because uh, the company doesn't seem to. Uh <laughs> But uh, initial is issues with the EVPs, um, some of them we didn't even notice. Uh, getting all their friends in and starting up the company. Yeah, it's new people. It's new names. It's to showcase some people, whatever. But nobody thought about it in the same ways that maybe we should have looked at things. This is this is us with the, you know, the focus now. Um when Hogan and Bischoff came in to TNA and was moving to Impact and stuff, they brought in all their friends, and that wasn't good. This was a whole brand new thing, but it seemed to be 
here are some top indie names and here are other names who were just big friends with all the people that have been signed as EVPs. Uh, and I will put Jericho separately, even though I think Jericho was already kind of in that boat as being friends with them because of the New Japan stuff. Yeah, the relationship with Kenny. Like I said, the, the EVP tentacles are very long, but we, I don't think we realized how long they were. I knew that Tony was going to need help recruiting people, but I didn't know that they had that many connections. They were yeah. really well connected. Um, they're the reasons why you got to see Brian Cage, uh, Lucha Bros. Um, you, you name them in the beginning days, Trent Beretta, whomever. Uh, all that stuff happened because of the EVPs. Like they they made those moves, and I have to give them credit for that. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I'm not say taking I'm away not taking that they brought in all their friends. All That's their not friends. a problem not at all for me. At all for me. Um, um it's just a bigger issue when, when say Cody say is trying Cody to bring in some of his people. Of his people. And they're not friends they're not with the friends other with three. Other three. He did bring in his people. Mm-hmm. There's a there's definitely a divide in the locker room if you pay close enough attention to it. You could yeah. see who's team elite. You could see who's team neutral. You could see who's team punk. You could see who's team Cody. Uh, and I think the punk and Cody guys kind of bleed into each other even a little bit to where it was Ricky Starks. It was FTR. It, it was a bunch of different people. Um, and I could I could definitely see the frustration within the roster when it comes to it, because while we're saying, thank goodness, the EVPs had those connections, those connections have come back to haunt Tony. I'm, I'm kind of linking these together here for a second where they, they had a big enough roster, Derek. And I don't know if you could think about any other team like this, maybe like one of the Cleveland Cleveland Cavalier teams where uh, who was the number one coach? Mike, was it Mike Brown? He got fired. He was the number one coach because someone on the team didn't want him there. I'm like, well, he's the coach. Isn't he in charge of them? It it doesn't make sense sometimes when you hear those things. Sorry, LeBron fans. It's just the equation. But when you look at this, I was like, well, how is Tony going to get control of his company if it's the elite? And the elite now, I'm including people like Brian Cage. I'm including people like Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. They've got all these people supporting them. And if Tony says he wants to do something, maybe you have, what do you do if you have 30, 40 people speaking up against you? That's not a comfortable feeling to have backstage. And uh, I've used this example a lot, and I guess I'll use some of my real business stuff. You could be in a room with five different people, and your boss is going to have the final say no matter what. This is what you can control versus what you can't. But you may be the right person in the room, but you're the only one saying it. I've been in those situations where I'm like, I fail, I'm right. But they can bully you into it. I've I've remember I questioned myself one time. I was I'm like, am I wrong? And then all of a sudden I thought I'm like, no, no, you guys are wrong. I said, absolutely not. I'm not changing my stance on this. If you tell me to do otherwise, that's fine. But I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to acquiesce to what you're saying. I'll just be like, I respectfully disagree and move on. So it, I think Tony just put himself in a bad position with the roster stuff. I agree with that. Um, it was. Uh, Fitting, fitting for you to talk about, talk you, know, about you know Cody's people neutral Cody's people, people neutral punk people. people and that bleeding over because punk and blood and the EVPs all lead us to our next thing, our next thing. Of, of 
Brawl Out and CM Punk kind of combining these here. They're two separate things, but they overlap from the EVP having a problem with the Brawl Out to Punk coming in and Punk having a problem with Brawl Out. If we step over to the side and talk about CM Punk, just in general, um, when he came back to wrestling, not, you know, on the return to the injuries, when he came back, he, um, it, it felt huge. It was monumental. The impossible would happen. Not, not a hell freezing over type of situation because AEW wasn't a bad place to be. It was, um, well, I mean, they even had called it like at one point, like a second coming, like we're getting punk back punk left because he was frustrated and mad and hurt and was tired of the way that things were. Well, now he's coming back to a place that was built off of those same frustrations that was built off of those same feelings, off of those same, this is what wrestling should be, point of view. And so I was uh, super excited to be back. Uh, with AEW and Punk together, it felt like they were going to be unstoppable. That was short-lived in the grand scheme of things because we get to brawl out. That in itself, both for CM Punk and the EVPs, should have been... Uh, should not have been what it was for every person's side involved. If you had eyes on it, if you had a decision to make about it, if you had an action to take on it during or after, all of them were the wrong choices. Yeah, and I, I think that agree. is when we saw, okay, the chunk, the little glass piece that when Cody left, now we're seeing, hey, there's something way worse here. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. Um, I am I echoing? No, you're you're good on my end, Beach. Okay, I don't hear the echo either, but everyone in the chat does. So I put in headphones just to see. I don't know if you want to try the same thing. Go ahead, Derek. Explain yourself. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I think with the whole CM Punk and with the brawl out, so at, at some point in time, um, we, we all know pe people have their sides. I'm with, I'm team Cody, I'm team Punk, I'm team Elite, I'm, I'm team this, I'm team that. I get it. But you know what, though? Like, this, this is what I say every single time. When people say, like, Punk should have handled himself better, the EVP should have handled himself better. Okay, so in, in Punk's case, I feel if you're going to keep pushing 
what else am I going to do? I've, I've kept my mouth shut. I've, I've let you do what you wanted to do. I've let you say what you wanted to say. But in a, in a rational world, we all know that's only going to last for so long until you, you push the correct button for me to say, all right, listen, I've had enough. Either you leave me alone or we got problems. And if you if you don't care to stop and you continue to push that button, now we now we we go to fisticuffs. I, I'm sorry, you, you keep poking me. There's only so much I can take of you poking at at the bear that has been trying to stay locked away. And I'm sorry, you 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 like this is this is the issue that I have with with them because it's like you don't want him to come in, but he he was he was a main reason as to why you were here. We were here. Now we're just gradually falling, but no one ever wants to say why we're falling. No one ever wants to talk about why we came from here to here. It's not one sided. It's two. It's it's a two way street and nobody wants to place blame on both sides. Yes, you could say punk is is an old head and he's stuck in his old ways and not used to doing what's new now. And you can say the EVPs are stuck in their ways. They're not they're not used to the old way. This is the new way we have to do it this way. We have someone here who has who has been wrestling for so long while you were probably still wearing pampers probably let, let, let's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b shut up let it let it be what it's supposed to be work it out you guys are not always gonna agree you're gonna agree to disagree who cares it shouldn't have came it shouldn't have it should not have come to this conclusion where we're here now we're here we're falling out I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I told everybody this too. If someone says they're a CM Punk fan, you better believe them because that means they'll probably whoop your ass in a fight. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, that means they will probably sock you in the face. I mean, there's times to talk, and then there's times where I'm going to be like, yeah, the talk's over. Uh, I'm one of those people. I've told people this stuff before too. Derek has known me for a long, long time. If me and Derek ever had an issue and then someone tried to in interject themselves or start rumors about it or get involved in it, whatever I believed in my head, the situation with Hangman, the elite and all that stuff, I think I would have felt the same way. I would have said, you better back off. CM Punk is, you got to understand dynamics with people. CM Punk doesn't really have family, family, like mom dad all that stuff cm punk isn't around those people he doesn't even talk to his own brother anymore because he stole money from him for his indie fed cm punk probably thought that was the lowest dirtiest thing you could do to somebody now look at what cm punk is out here doing he he's dealing with a situation with someone who was one at one time his best friend and i get that you guys are still friends with that guy but why did all this get brought up for a situation that never happened he never got fired I don't understand it. And all this led to brawling, him and Jungle Boy getting into it. it. It just turned into bad press. It turned into what BJ said. What how, what was the percentage, BJ? I always reference this from it Reddit you like, saw. It was 200%. 200% increase in clicks and views when it is negative about AEW versus positive. 
What does that say about your community and what's who's watching you? They love the drama more than what you're actually doing in the ring. Isn't that sending Tony a message? He's a stats guy. He sees that. Okay, well, I get maybe the drama's good. I don't know. Um, but it wasn't good for the company. It wasn't good for the locker room. And I thought what Punk did um, was wrong. Should you put your hands on people? Definitely not. But I can also feel it when someone feels like they have no other choice but to do that because they're so sick of it. Imagine what it was like to go to work if you were CM Punk. They put you on Saturday. Everyone's like, they gave him his own show. Did they or was that a punishment? Like, was that setting him up for failure? Like, haha, sorry, bud, you're not going to be there. But then you can appear when the elite aren't on Dynamite. You could just make a random quick appearance. It didn't make sense, and it was bound to drizzle on that plan. Tony Khan, absolute fail in doing that because you knew by all in they're going to have to see each other. At all out, they're going to have to see each other. What's the plan? How come more dynamite people were on all in and then everyone on collision was on all out, the lesser pay-per-view the second night? It felt like a setup. It probably looked bad to him. Why do you think he wanted to get out of there? It makes sense to me. And I know everyone's like, how could he go back to the WWE? Where was he supposed to go? He knows what his star power is worth. Why Why would he go somewhere else and then lower himself? It would hurt his drawing ability versus raise it up. I get the, oh, he talked all that crap about WWE. Look, he was going to go back there even before AEW was a thing. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they were talking about that in like 2018, 2017. They were like, yeah, we might sign Punk. It was it was the top dog, Gomez, x it, though. They probably needed him back then to, to get us a, a boost in the ratings. They should have signed him back then. Either way, you blew your opportunity with one of the biggest stars for what? That's what I'm asking. Look at where we are now. What did you gain from this? And it's not Jungle Boy's fault that he said something and Punk reacted to those people. Shut up. You just made Tony Khan flush millions of dollars down a toilet that's what you did jungle boy should not be praised jungle boy should be punished if you ask me when he comes back he would be getting some i don't know i'm trying to think of someone who did something bad and they just jobbed him out for a while that's him he's in the hunter hearst helmsley no king of the ring for you buddy territory with me like nope i don't want to hear nothing from you that's it you do whatever you got to do um, um <laughs> real, real quick so so see how see see what you said see like Everybody chastised Punk for going back to WWE, but nobody said anything about Cody Rhodes going back there. Some people did. Well, not, not enough. I will uh, chime in here, and um, hopefully the echo is gone. Um, I messaged you, Conrad, I believe, as soon as they said that Punk was fired, and I was like, he's going to go back. And I did take it as a petty move. Now, business-wise, making that money, making longevity with your name and brand, it's smart. It's just all the stuff he talked. That it was like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to eat some crow on this one. You're gonna have to have some humble pie. Uh, but I knew it as soon as as soon as they were like, "Yeah, he's fired." I was like, "He will go to WWE." It like, and to spite them, mm-hmm, to spite them. And I think that's the exact words I used when I messaged you too. I was like, it will be spiteful. 
Because um, I'm like that as a person too. People don't understand that, but I'm like that. If you told me I can't do something, I will go in that direction just to prove to you that I could do it. And if I'm going to be happy or if I'm going to get what I want from it, then you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people probably thought, oh, I'll, he'll never leave this job. I will leave this job. I left. So here's CM Punk is my motivation. And it's personal with me with a lot of stuff. I was told that I would not get a promotion at my next spot. I wasn't ready, blah, blah, blah. They kept feeding me garbage answers. And CM Punk always was like, you got to believe in yourself. That's what I got from the pipe bomb stuff and all the interviews and things that he said. And I took a chance on myself. Derek knows I left the job. I took an administrative job for a significant pay cut. But now, fast forward, I make more money than I did at the previous job. And now when people are like, oh, man, how's CJ doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, I heard he's got he's doing that now. Really? He makes more money than me now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that good for him. You know, it's the now it's the pleasantries of like, good for him. It's not a hatred thing, but I did it to show them like, no, I can do this. I am better than this. And you should believe in me. And here's why. So I get why Punk did it. And and I know everybody's in the chat like, oh, we're still talking about this. We're over this. But this is going to get into why AEW's in the state that it's in. Like, it, it's it's getting there. Well, I, I know we got to fast forward this a little bit. But, but yeah, and, and that's where I was heading is to the next factor of this problem, but is also a current issue, even for all the things that I like. And that is Tony Khan himself. I am a I'm a fan of Tony. I like that he's oh, brought it. Oh, can I rewind it real quick before we get into Tony? Yeah. Uh Pro Wrestling Shoot brought up a good point too. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, MJF. I want to bring up these issues real quick. The women's locker room has always been filled with the drama too. With Rosa going out, Britt Baker, the title reigns and all that stuff. And how we all forget, oh, poor MJF. I can't believe they keep ruining his moments. Does everybody forget what happened to Wardlow at that double or nothing pay-per-view? Everyone just forgets that one because of the punk drama because it was higher up. That was bad, too, saying I'm going to get on a flight and then show pictures of the plane ticket. And all that stuff that people had pictures of the plane ticket, that was drama too. That's bad too. It ain't just punk in the elite. It's it's everybody. It's how they were operating. The jealousy started bleeding through or whatever the issues were, money, creative, jealousy. It all bled through and it just made things worse, which led to Tony, which is the main crux of all the issues. I'm sorry, BJ. You're good. You're good. Uh, so I've got him kind of in three different fronts where Tony is a current issue. And that is on the level of the booking, a level of social media, and a level of business itself. Uh, When it comes to the booker, Tony Khan had a book, had a notebook that he had like two years worth of stories that he had written out and playing out and whatever. And if injuries happen, he stuck to that still. He just stretched some things out or just temporarily added some stuff, brought himself back, that kind of thing, stuck to his plan. It was a good two, two and a half years because of some of the things that needed to be stretched out. The stories that were told were good. It was long-term storytelling. It was all of that. After that, he's... Um, had some perplexing 
stories. He might have one or two real big things that he's working on. He's got a lot of little crumbs that he can put together for stories. Uh, but I feel like uh, not that he was burnt out, not that he doesn't have good ideas still, or still, I just think if he could have uh, someone else with him as a way to structure things out, someone else to come up with, you know, I'm focusing on this main story, this side story, and this important one that's going to be an overarching thing. Can you work on this, this, and this? That kind of thing. Um, I feel like we don't have that. I feel like that is a problem. Uh, some of him needing an extra person because I'm trying to concise some things. He needs that with his business too because of things like with the disciplinary issues and stuff. He's elevated some people into roles to start helping with that, but it's been a, I hired them after the events or I raised them up after the events rather than this is what their role was from the beginning. You know, I get learning, I get growing pains, I get some of that, but I think he needs to do it even more than what he already has. And I think he should have had it even more two years ago. Um, when it comes to him on social media, tribalism is a big thing that gets thrown away or thrown around. And he helps foster it. It's his business. He's supposed to. I'm not going to say that he shouldn't. W You're not going to see Triple H out here talking about somebody else that is competition uh, in any positive light without also hyping up his own stuff. I don't expect anything less from Tony. It just comes off awkward at certain times. I know he does it to capitalize for this negativity because the negative gets in more eyes and stuff on it. However, it this is uh, one of the like few like outside things of solutions, like with bringing more people in. He mentioned this himself. I don't think it was at the last media scrum, but the one before maybe for ROH, where he was talking about how Twitter or X is like the biggest medium for professional wrestling fans that they use as a platform and stuff. I really think Tony, knowing that, should work with another platform to really help push so that it is expanded outside of the bubble that is Twitter so that you can get different perspectives and different types of fans and different types of comments. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I uh... To me, Tony has shot himself in the foot on numerous occasions. Um, I, I definitely feel like he, he's let things go too far, and now he can't get himself out of it in a, in a timely fashion. So, yeah, I, t Tony can't get out of his own way. He puts himself in that situation without actually putting himself in that situation. He, things happen and the snowball effect happens and he doesn't know what to do with it. 
and he he makes re- uh, irrational decisions to say, all right, this is how we're going to fix this. I mean, that, that that might be okay, but I mean, is it thoroughly thought through? Maybe, maybe not. In my eyes, it doesn't seem like it is because it's just like in your face, like here, this is what's going to happen because this happened, so now this has to happen. And at times I feel like he doesn't know how to make it work. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not um... – I'm going to defend Tony in some of these circumstances. I'm going to also disagree with Tony. I think Tony does some things very well. Like I thought that Brody Lee tribute show, probably one of the best tribute shows I've ever seen someone put on. Um, Tony was also innovative when it came to, we can't have wrestling crowds, but we have an open air stadium in Jacksonville that my family owns. Can we set up the ring in there and have wrestlers around the ringside area because they're clear to work. So that'll allow me to employ people. He's come up with some good ideas is what I'm saying. He, he's done some things. You can get into all of that. Um, I think Tony has honored most of his contracts when he could. He, issue communication, though. You could communicate this stuff a little bit better if you're not renewing. Don't leave Marco Stunt to wonder what's going to happen. Have some respect for the guy and just say, like, hey, look, we're not going to renew, but we're going to take you off TV, but I'm going to pay you till the end. Okay, cool. No problem. Thanks. Um, and, and I do see a lot of things like I just saw somebody put in there. I think it was chair relax said Tony Khan is the worst. Tony's the worst booker in all of wrestling. I don't agree with that. I do not think that he is the worst booker. I'm not saying he's the best either, but I still think Tony's got some juice. Another comment that I hate and he put this in here because he knows I hate that's why I put the smiley face. Tony needs to be more like I'm going to say his real name for once Vince. So people know who I'm talking about, but we call him Gomez here. Tony used to be more like Gomez. Why? 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 Why can't Tony Khan be himself? Why can't he be who he is? We we preach this stuff all the time, but then you're telling people to do the opposite. Like, don't be like yourself. If that's how Tony is, then that's how Tony is. And if you don't like the product, that's fine. But we've I have yearned for a second option for a long time in pro wrestling. Like, BJ, we were talking back then, like when this stuff was happening, and Dog, I don't know if you, some of you guys weren't around when I used to just cover WWE, but it was miserable sometimes. Friday night, SmackDown, Thursday night, SmackDown, where we're sitting up here covering Raw. And I was like, dude, what are we doing? And and I just told someone WCW 2000 was the worst. Terrell reminds us all that a child won the tag belts at WrestleMania. <laughs> that was way worse than any creative WCW went through in 2000. You need I to will, go back and watch 2000 WCW. Will, <laughs> it was bad. I will give them a highlight, them being WWE, SmackDown Live 2016, 2015, 2016. That was good. I liked it. I Until did, WrestleMania 33. That I was the cutoff point. I didn't even watch Raw. I didn't even watch Raw. I, I was a SmackDown person. I chose a side. And it was, you know, these are the only places, but I chose a side because I liked it better. I liked it more. I and was NXT was good. Mm-hmm. They and were kind of cooking there for that year, and then all of a sudden they stopped. They were like, no more. Yep, and we had to wait until 2019 for AEW to be announced, let alone start a TV show later on that year. Yeah. Um, TK needs a publicist. Uh, I will agree. I do think that they could have some 
PR oh, people yeah. in there. I know TK likes the tweets where it's like, yeah, you don't need a PR guy. Nah, I think you you guys should consider it. We're getting questions from the chat here. Beach, I know we're going to probably have to do like a quick super yeah. rundown of your thoughts or whatever on this stuff, Absolutely. but I have questions. Looking back now, do you guys think that TK firing Punk was the right call or should have he addressed it better? Um, If everything happened the way that it did, yes. I think him letting him go was the right choice. If Brawl Out had a better decision and better process of handling it than what happened, then no. Because I don't think all yeah. in what happened. That disciplinary committee shit was weak, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not for it. Um, I think that TK should have squashed it beforehand. So... <sighs> This is tough because I think TK did TK handle it better is the real question. That's the issue, not punk, because TK should have set everybody straight. Everybody should have been called into a room, even with punk and all them there and should have said collision guys on this side, dynamite guys on the side. I'm I'm working with all of you. I pay all of you guys. I need you to work together. I need to have the church moment right now. Peace be with you and also with you, everybody. It's over. I don't need you to be friends. You guys can go back to your locker rooms. Please stop the. I don't want to hear any more of it. I'm done with it. If I see it, you're getting a huge fine. I'm done playing these games. If you fight backstage, you're done. I'm going to send you home. You're going to lose all your uh, even bigger fine for that. And that's what I think Tony should just lay down the law or said something or did something. And if he didn't want to, he should have hired someone to do that for him. But he didn't. And I think he made a big mistake and he flushed millions of dollars down the toilet. At one point, CM Punk was the top merch seller in both companies. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just um, think they made a big mistake with it. That's me. Um, let me see here. What sucks most about Tony is he's so damn lovable. I absolutely love Tony, but I find myself calling him a dumbass countless times. Uh, I, I think it's supposed to be dumbass. A dumbass countless times because of Twitter. He's playing people on Twitter, too. I told BJ, go look at his impressions for that tweet about gender, and then go look at the one before where he politely promotes Dynamite. Once again, it's the percentage. It's a game. It's a business. I just think it. you're playing with fire a little bit. You only get (laughs) so many of those. We also get, do you think TK's decision firing Punk was influenced by the Bucks and Friends? Absolutely. I think that whole that whole bullshit of he had to be good for six months. Who the f- uh, can I swear? I, whatever. Who yeah. the fuck told me that I had to be good for six months? Who told me that I was on some some probation? Kiss my ass. You know what I mean? Like that. That really made me mad. And I, can I say something else too about the Bucks? I'm gonna get into this. They just released his wife, and they got rid of some people in higher up positions. How is it Dave Meltzer knows? about how his wife feels about how the Bucks were treated in all of this and they were never apologized to. I'm going to stand on business right here again, just like I'm standing on business that predictability isn't bad in pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm standing on business with this. Fuck those guys for taking Tony Khan's money and then still bitching backstage when they get back there to still bitch about Brawl Out. You're still talking about this and the problem is gone? Fuck all the they way off, and I would say that to their face. They just yeah. addressed that same problem on screen tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. lame as shit to me. I'm sorry to say that, guys. Like, it's just lame as hell to me that they did that. 
and I'm standing on that. That's me. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much more to say on it. I think if Tony didn't want to handle the issue, then he should have hired someone else to handle the issue. But at the same time, you don't have anybody to handle that issue, so you should have just shut it down at the point where everything was just getting wild. Sometimes you just got to be like, all right, listen, I, I that this isn't the normal, this isn't the normal me, but this has to be me right now, and it's too much chaos. I need everybody to stop, or everybody's getting fined, and everybody's going home. Right. What, what do you want to do? You want to get fined and go home, or do you want to you want to get paid and put on a show? Which one? Which one is way more valuable to you? Yeah, and then when people say that whole. Oh, Gomez slash Vince would have never let that happen. I need you guys to go back and look at the Montreal screw job and all that stuff, too. That stuff did happen. Please stop doing revisionist history. That stuff happened. TK firing CM Punk was the best decision because everything backstage was only going to get worse. So, Jason, using that logic, I want you to ask yourself this. Why are we sitting here having a discussion? How many months later is this? Four, five months later about the state of AEW. If things were were only going to get worse if Punk stayed around, what we, happened? We would not be having the conversation on the state of AEW if things were fine between Punk and the EVPs. I I would just say that right now. I honestly feel that way. Uh, I I agree with that. Had had they been on the same page, we would not be even even if they're not even if they're not going to be friends. At some point in time, you have to be on the same page. Like, hey, listen, I, all right, we, we have we have a bigger picture here. We're all we're all gonna make money here. I don't like you, you don't like me, but that that's besides the point. We have a bigger picture here. We have people to entertain. We have money to be made. Let's go do that. Um, I want to uh, comment on Jason's comment there. Yes, state of AEW being overly exaggerated. It's not that it's we're not exaggerating with trying to talk about this because we think the company's going to close but there are too many shadows that have shown up on the wall and too many cracks that have started forming and we are concerned fans who are worried because it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to help resolve those issues Chris Jericho situation. Once again, I can go away from punk and talk about all the same stuff. How is this not addressed? You got asked about this at a media scrum. These are unbased rumors. That's fine. But guess what? Everybody knows now. Now Jericho's going to get booed. Do you want that in there with Sting? I felt bad for Sting. He's in New York for the last time. and People are booing Jericho because that was what the focus was. You have to see these things and take these things seriously. And Tony's just dodging it. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Even, listen, even if he doesn't know anything and he can't get anything because there was a personal NDA sign, whatever the situation is, address it, though. Just say, like, yeah, I looked into it. I I was not able to substantiate the claims. I apologize, everyone. If something else turns up from it, there will be another investigation. Boom. Mm-hmm. You, you you change things, you've changed the perception of what you were doing at least. And if something did happen and you find out, you got to do something about it. You can't just punish certain people. Yeah, I, and I I think the cracks are continuing to grow, continuously growing. Because if you think about it, 
the state of AEW is going down a bad path because prime example of tonight, we still have the EVP still throwing shots. Why? Let it go. Mm-hmm. Serves no one. Yeah, and I see Jesse talking with Jason in there uh, with the CM Punk thing. He leveled up AEW, bro. I don't care what anybody says. He got them more ratings. CM Punk was always a rating straw. He sold merch. He had the best feuds and programs. He did what he was supposed to do. He followed through and did that stuff. Where it went wrong, I couldn't tell you. Something happened backstage. I don't know if it's Colt's fault. I don't know if the elite said something. I don't know what happens. There was miscommunications, and it happened. But what I'm telling you is CM Punk was not the end-all, be-all, but you put a lot of eggs in his basket, and then you just said, you know what, forget it. And now look at where we are. Eggs are broken all over the street, and now you're going home with half a dozen to your mom. Like, yo, I apologize. This is what happened, and this is where we are, and this is why we're talking about it. That's the issue. Um, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to move forward with some stuff, and I'm going to kind of – where I've got them like bullet pointed. I'm just going to kind of go through like the section and say what I was thinking and then just go from there on it rather than take it each one. Uh, My next one was talent. The AEW originals, WWE imports, those in-betweeners, the people that naturally just came in off the indie scene that wasn't one way or the other, and the women's division. Women's division needs to be highlighted more, needs to have more done with it. He Mm -hmm. says that's going to be a focus. It looks like he's living up to his words. We'll see where we stand from there, but it's needed work and they need more TV time. The in-betweeners, do they just float? Like, I feel like you might have some strong case, even though, yes, he's a WWE import with Swerve, but Swerve wasn't on the main roster what i feel was like a long enough to be a wwe import kind of like how i feel the same way with like adam cole not being a wwe import type of thing but he was friends with the evps regardless what i'm saying is in betweeners are few and far between of people i think that are getting a main focus uh you have like swerve and then i can't really think of other ones wwe imports it feels like it's almost completely backwards. Who would have thought we would have saw Christian Cage uh, doing what he's doing, but also at the same time not doing anything with Miro and also at the same time doing all we were doing for Andrade when we knew months ago that Andrade was trying to leave and didn't really want to be there. Why wouldn't Miro and Andrade? And so I know it's different situations for different people. And we've heard about the Miro, like with losing thing, but there's plenty of people where there's situations like that. And then as far as AEW originals, why are some of them not even thought about anymore? Why haven't I seen Nyla in such a long time? Like, it's like these people helped get what your initial TV was off the ground. They weren't bad performers. Just because you sign other people with a bigger name doesn't mean they shouldn't also be given the focus, too, because that's what AEW was. We were giving these people new opportunities and new shots. And it feels like with a big majority of some of those originals, 
we just kind of stopped. We just let them float. I think that came from lack of television time too. Like we're not really getting too deep into um, some of the other minor things that come along with it. Lack of TV time that the roster gets. Someone said, give the women more TV time. I can definitely contradict this, but I can also feel this at the same time. You have to give the women more TV time to give them a chance. And I think that's what he's doing now. But at the same token, we went to Forbidden Door. You can't have everybody get up when it's the women's match during Tony Storm and Willow. And I'm like, where are you all going? This is not the worst match on this card. That sends a message. When you go watch the rating scales, go follow my guys at WrestleNomics. They're from Buffalo as well. When you see the scale and then you see what's the lowest dip point. Oh, when the women's match came on, everyone tuned out. You have to see those things and think that's what Tony sees. This is a business to him. So... If you want more women's matches, you better tell people, get on there and watch. Get on there and support. Go to the shows and cheer when they're out there. That sends a message, and people will get along and believe in that. And I know that people probably think we're hating on AEW. BJ prefaced this in the beginning. We are AEW fans. If you go back and look, I was in a stream with a bunch of people when they announced the company. I was so happy. I'm still happy. I review the show every week. If I didn't, go back and look. I used to do raw reviews. Guess what? I don't do anymore. <laughs> raw reviews. So if I didn't want to do this, I wouldn't do this. I promise you. Like I, I like AEW. Trust me. I just want to discuss what is going on with them, though, too. It's a it's a hit or miss, and people just seem to think that this just happened. Rose-colored glasses were on for a few years. We all had it. It was great. It's the best thing going since sliced bread. And then reality hit. And I think it was around the time Triple H took over. Then people had hope for WWE. And I think WWE gets a lot of passes, too. I just wrote that in the chat. They get a lot of passes lately these days. Like, okay, that that storyline with... uh, with uh, Otis, how's that going right now? You know, but nobody mentions that stuff. And I'm just like, okay, that's fine. So 50-50 stuff with this. Run down your stuff, BJ. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, that was what I had on talent. The next was Ring of Honor itself is a issue for AEW. Both on its status, its purpose, and what its future is. Tonight, I'm hoping was another step in the sign of what its future is. I think, just like you said, with the uh, Bullet Club Gold getting the uh, six-man belts, I think they're going to merge with the AEW ones. If you noticed, the big faction we're trying to push right now, the tag team in that division is carrying the ROH tag belts. But we could have ourselves in a situation where, uh, I don't know, March 4th, we have uh, a vacancy if Sting and Darby would go out as champs and maybe those merge with the AEW titles and maybe we start consolidating and breaking stuff down. That's a hope. But what is AEW or what is Ring of Honor's purpose right now? Uh who's it serving minus we we've had some success with Eddie Kingston stuff, Athena stuff, Billy Starks. I think total since AE or since ROH has been purchased, we might have eight people who have benefited from it. Otherwise it has just been 
um, an extra place for people to work, which is a good thing. I'm not advocating on the closing of businesses by any means. I'm just saying there hasn't been that priority put onto Ring of Honor as much as it's we'll use Ring of Honor as a platform to help these people, but it's only been, you know, few and far between on who it's helped since you purchased it. Um, it's great for the video library. Let someone else run Ring of Honor, get it a TV slot instead of an online service because online it ain't cutting it. You're not getting, you're not helping anything. Um, and it's, which is, which is a, a, an opportunity he's still holding out for. You could tell. Right. But how long do you hold out for it before you just start making some decisions? Because that's where we're getting into its status. Is it a feeder? Is it your NXT? Or is it going to be its own thing where people can float over to it and treat it like as if somebody went to New Japan or somebody went to Impact or something for a little bit? Um, and and why do you go back on your word, too? Remember, at one point he said that we're going to separate Ring of Honor and AEW more. And then kind of like after the last Punk stuff happened, we went right back to it again. And the minute that he started to say that we're going to separate it again, we had Joe just drop the belt instead of properly losing it we still had the six-man belt showing up almost every week like we've been until you know and tonight they were defended and then we added the tag belt so he keeps going in waves one way or the other there but it, that's why i say what is its purpose what is its status and what's the future who are we serving with Ring of Honor. Is this additional wrestling for fans who love wrestling who want to see some big names? Or is this our NXT? And let's start utilizing it that way because it's been very 50-50 all the way through. And I think it hurts it both ways. I think they should be mindful of uh, letting wrestlers run it who are working, which is one of the problems I think with the EVPs that they ran into. I also think that you have to have an identity for Ring of Honor, like you said. Is it are you gonna do a hard split or a soft split? I think for if this is my decision, I think if it were up to me, dynamite collision, rampage, you all share talent. You're under the AEW umbrella, but we're gonna have specific people under Ring of Honor, private party and um top flight tonight. If they weren't there, you guys are going to Ring of Honor Kingdom, you're going to Ring of Honor, you're gonna be at my veteran tag team over there. Uh, split the rosters then and really split them and have them get people ready. Then when you call them up to Dynamite, you can, you can make a big deal about it. You could have a call-up show or something like, yeah, hey, we're going to call up a couple names tonight and do that. It would also allow them to actually give longevity stories for their pay-per-views rather than having one match advertised three weeks before and then filling out the card over the last four days before the show goes to start. Yeah, I, I I think I think the problem is, it's it's, it's like we, what we all think. There there is no establishment. It's just there. It's 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 just there. That's the problem. You have so much talent, but you have too many too many shows that are not like coherent with each other. And if you if you're gonna run ROH, or if you're gonna have it under that umbrella. For AEW, then let someone else run it so that they can just do what they need to do with it. But at some point in time, you have to stop trying to cross over and be like, all right, well, I need you guys to come over here. No, stop it. You have too much talent on your main card that not getting burned right now. Right. 
Agreed. Um, I'm going to move on to the next one, which was presentation. Uh, this goes into a lot of different areas. Um, rankings being one of them, whether you use them, whether you don't, how you use them. You've been wishy-washy over that the minute that you decided to uh, have the young ducks avoid FTR. And uh, that's a big issue. Um, structure with promos, with video packages, and with your shows and your matches. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize this kind of a point because this was very recent, and I really wanted to make this one on top of everything regarding this. But I just ran into this past week um, some people that I didn't know were wrestling fans who have become really big wrestling fans and are really into WWE right now. And I asked them if they watch AEW, and they do. Well, sort of. That was the exact answer. And it was, well, MJF's out right now, and he was my only real reason that I was watching. And so I started asking, like, why was it just MJF? Like, what was going on there? Well, I got to see, like, his story where he was coming around with the Adam Cole thing and the funny stuff that they did backstage and then, you know, the devil stuff and, like, all the, all these kinds of things. So they're they're into it for the story, which made me realize that you know AEW being an alternative really does work for people who are already fans of wrestling for people who like seeing the story told in the match where WWE doesn't do that as often for like seeing good competitive matches where WWE's gotten better about it but they weren't doing that for like the longest time um so AEW is a really hard place to come into as a new fan. And video packages and promos, this is the kind of stuff like I was mentioning tonight with the Chris Jericho thing with Matt Seidel. That didn't need to be on tonight's show. That could have been on YouTube. During the C2, there were videos that would go up on YouTube of the promos post-match heading what they knew where their opponent was and all this kind of stuff, the trials and tribulations of Eddie Kingston and Danny Garcia and Brody King and all of these guys, and none of them were getting put on TV. None of them were floating over. If they were competing on Collision, they weren't floating over to show off on uh, Dynamite and stuff like that. And I get they don't have a three-hour-long show like Raw to do a bunch of stuff. But you, you still make time for that. You still make time for important stuff like your storytelling. I have thought since AEW has started, their Road 2s and their, well, now it's the Control Center stuff. You don't see any of the stuff that's on the Control Centers and on the Road 2s on TV. You, you did with the 30-minute previews heading into the pay-per-views. You would see some stuff. But... It's never on Dynamite where people are watching the most or it's not on Collision where people are watching the most. And I know that some people were like, yeah, because we get a repeat of everything on Raw all the time. We get tired of seeing this big news broke out and seeing three replays. Yes, WWE overkills it. But showing it once on TV and also having it on your social media, way better than just saying, yeah, put that online. 
it was good that we filmed it. We can always go back and like say, no, show that there. Let people get more invested in these characters right. when you have good stuff like this. Um, instead, we get, you know, it, it's just a prioritization because like this promo with Jericho tonight, bleh, you could have put that, you could have put that on, you could have recorded that, filmed that, put that up on YouTube an hour before Dynamite was starting tonight. And you could have had that happen while the crowd was filling in so that they knew that they had something to look forward to later on after Dynamite was over to see Jericho. That would have served a much better purpose than putting it on the show live tonight. I don't think that's going to do anything to put any extra eyes on Rampage. Yeah, same. So that is a huge show structure is a huge thing and we're five years in it is to a point where we got to do something like let's fix it I, I yeah you could argue presentation i like i like the new dude they brought in from wwe i think he's adding some things like i said i noticed the lighting stuff was better too i'm just trying to put some positives on things the look of the show is cleaner it's, it's a lot cleaner than, like, you see the background that you have back there, BJ. I mean, it was exploding. I I, don't, I forgot what they call those, but they're, like, the the color bombs, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, it was the same thing NXT had in the background, and they were probably like, let's get away from this. Let's change it do something different. Um, I completely get it. We can go over presentation. We can go over all that stuff. Um, it, it, it just comes down to... How do you want this show to look and how do you want to present it? I thought you brought up good points, though, with like the road twos were really good at the beginning. I haven't even been watching the, the shows afterwards because now that you added another show, I don't have time for it. And now that you've increased the pay-per-view numbers, they're not as important to me because when it was that quarter, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to watch this. Now it's like you want $50 again. <laughs> Right. And that's why I feel like when we got World's End, I'm like, mm, that really wasn't that wasn't worth it. Right. Um, you have anything to add there on that, Derek? Um, yeah, real quick. I mean, you know, we we live in a world where you pre- presentation means everything, and in order for you to put your best foot forward, you have to do something totally different um and i i I feel like we're we're at the we're at that point now where we're getting away from the um the childhood stage i i'm i'm gonna call it like this this is like the this is the brand new wedding gift like this is this is the excitement you know this this is this is the honeymoon stage like now we have to stand on business here and show and prove why we can compete with said company and why we feel like we can outdo them. When you don't do it, it's hard for other people to buy into it because said company's been around for so long. You guys are five years in, but you guys made a lot of noise with that five years, but now you're starting to lose that. So now you got to reinvent yourself. So presentation comes back into play. You have to do something different. That's just like that's like me saying, okay, um, I have a 2020 Cadillac. Now I got a I got a 24 Cadillac sitting right next to me. Which one are you gonna which one are you gonna 
go through? I mean, you're going to sit here with the 2020 or the 24? Which one looks better, the 2020 or the 24? Well, I'm going to take the 24 because they it, it's got cleaner lines. Right. Rolling 20s. um so uh there's some more here but i'm gonna kind of just run just uh, i i've got one last thing on current and then you've got stuff that's now to future and i'm just gonna kind of bullet bullet point if i could talk those because with future we don't know how to resolve some of this stuff yet it's just stuff that's clearly on the horizon that hopefully they're all aware of while they're trying to fix where they're at. Um, so BJ, I don't know what you're doing next week. We could save it too. If you think it's something more, it's more worth getting in depth for. Um, We're having an executive meeting right here, live on air. <laughs> I tell you what, if you want to do that, let's save the current to future for next week. I'll tell you the last thing here. And then, like I said, I wanted to leave with some positives. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, fan service. You have legacy fans who are older fans who have come in. You have dedicated modern fans who have started with you and have just rode through because you were something different. And then you have new fans. Legacy fans can't keep up. You're moving so fast with things. They got to learn how to at least give them a little time to breathe. They're working on it. I've seen it. But that needs to be a continued focus. Dedicated modern fans, they get a payoff for stories because they catch the small little things that people who aren't keeping eyes on it don't see. And new fans, it goes back to the argument. New fans, they could see new talent. They could see new things. But you got to give them the space and environment to welcome them in to see it. And even though the MJF stuff, like I said, with my my friends who I found out were really into wrestling and MJF was all they really cared about, there were a lot of big production things that were focused on MJF that made you give more importance to him if it was a new fan, if you were the dedicated person, you've seen him the whole time. And if your legacy, well, you've seen stories like this, but it's a little different. Uh, and it's variety, uh, and that's what hooks them in. So, you know, addressing their fan service, I think, is a big thing because they do give off the vibe that the dedicated modern fans is the only thing they really strive towards. The, the legacy fans, they don't slow down enough, and the new fans, they don't give you the repetition or focus enough it's here's this and 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 and it's too much for some people to come in yeah i i I can agree with that i I think i think a big problem with everything is you know like the for me it's the um be be being a being a legend fan i like the the biggest thing i like is storylines at times I, I struggle with trying to keep up with them because it, like we have one storyline, like we all know it's multiple storylines, but when you try to focus on one, they throw another one at you. It's like, well, hold, wait a minute. One at a time, one at a time. Yeah. 
but then you know i get with the with the the younger crowd and the futures and all that kind of stuff like they're like all right i i got it i got it but to me in my in my eyes i feel like they have it because the storylines are being broken here's a little bit of this storyline here's a little bit of that storyline here's a little bit of this one here's a little bit of that one versus how you know we all grew up and it's like okay here's the storyline I'm totally invested because I know exactly what's happening. Right. The storyline is there. I could I could see it. We all know it's there, but they're throwing so much that you can't comprehend the one. You need to understand the one before you throw the second one in there or the third or the fourth or the fifth. So to me, I, I if, if I had to say anything about addressing AEW, Make your storylines consistently clear, but don't. Rush. I think it's tough. Not go ahead, see. No, no, I was gonna say I think it's rough now too. Though, look at the amount of talent pool that both companies mm-hmm. have in the major major sides. You don't have TNA like TNA's got enough to where they could probably do like a recap show on Explosion. I, I saw they brought that back. Like you could do a recap on that and what happened on Dy- uh, on Impact. Excuse me. Um. You don't have time for that on Dynamite. You don't even have time for that on Rampage. They're like, go, 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 go. They don't even show entrances. They're like, we don't have time for that. Let's go. Do your match. Go out there. Do your match. Collision. Uh, I thought that would alleviate some things. I think it made it better for talent. They wanted time to tell their their match a story. Like, everybody needs 20 minutes. But I think some of these things, that you don't need 20 minutes, man. Right. No. You need 10. Yeah. I, I say Save the long matches for the pay-per-views and give these things, like, shorter times i think would help to just tell, tell you the story right and, and i think i think if you in my in my mind i would do it like this you dynamite that's where your main storylines are then collision is your second in line where you taught you tell the storylines there but there's smaller storylines those are the ones that you book because you have way too much talent so you have to you gotta you gotta chop it up and then uh Rampage. Rampage is what an hour. Mm-hmm. You don't really tell your storylines there. That that's just like getting your getting your your talent in, so that they can do what they got to do. But Dynamite, you have to give your main storylines there, and you have to let those. You have to let those cook. That shit. That shit's basically Ring of Honor at this point. That could be Ring of Honor. I, like I said, I don't understand what TNT's issue is with it. Like that could be an hour long Ring of Honor show. It's different. People might want to tune in. And be like, who are these guys? What is this? This looks different than Rampage. What is this? Give them the opportunity. Hmm. Now, um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna list the positives here. Like I said, we're we'll get next week onto current to future issues because a lot of that is. Um, speculation you know we've got stuff rooted as an issue but there are things coming up ahead there are things growing business wise talent wise whatever we could talk about that then but like i said i wanted to leave things with this on the positives because as i stated at the beginning we're fans who love AEW, and we're just talking about it because we're seeing you know these things and we hope that they fix them or make them better for not only the growth of the company that we like, but because we love professional wrestling as a whole, and we need to make sure that there is a alternative and a strong 
alternative, not just, you know, another ring of honor or another impact. Um, so these positives, AEW has proven over its five years, it is the true alternative. It gives you a little bit of everything from indie style to WWE style to their own style, stuff that you'd see at PWG, stuff that you'd see at ROH, stuff that you'd see like New Japan. They truly are good about giving you that variety. It rewards the dedicated fans, as I had mentioned before. All those little tiny things, especially the the devil story, uh, makes me, you know, that comes to mind with seeing where the mask was hanging in Adam Cole's thing all the way back at All In and being like, oh, oh, could pull that out. Um, some of the best talent in the world are there, and they're getting to be as much of themselves as they've ever wanted to be in a time where you could do that if you were on the indies. But if you were big league, if you were WWE, they told you who you were. You didn't get that. And this has also made it so that people who end up making it there from these places, not a lot's going to be changed on them if you've had enough of a stature in the company. As I was shuffling today, I was listening to Brian Pillman Jr. talk with Chris Van Vliet, and that was interesting to hear the perspectives of how NXT works, where he's like, my only focus is to wrestle now, and I need to just be the best character version of who they give me. You know, he was preaching the John Cena stuff, like, I need to be the best scumbag, rock and roll looking dude and do my job. In AEW, you have to create it yourself. Like, to me, the power is in your hands Mm -hmm. in AEW. There's really, it's on you if it fails. There's no one else to blame. There's nowhere else to look. It's it's you. You could say maybe Tony didn't give me enough TV time. You could say that stuff. But, okay, great. Then you look at NXT, they give you the character, and and Pillman Jr. felt like he was just like, all I have to do is execute. Just execute. Yeah. So it's just it's an interesting way to look at it. I'm not trying to down either side or say like one way is right, one way is wrong. It's just interesting. Right. And so on top of wrestlers getting to be the most of who they want to be on their own, they also get to work outside of AEW if they want. There are plenty of wrestlers that are going over to New Japan. There are some that have been on Impact. There's PWG. They There are some that are literally doing like the small town indies because they want to. If they want to supplement their income or whatever. It, it's a great, that's a great thing because that only helps your promotion and your wrestlers get more reps and more experience and more uh, connections to help, you know, boost yourself up for years to come. Um, AEW is great for the longevity of pro wrestling in general. When things get boring and things get stagnant, people stop wanting to do it or stop trying or start trying to grow with it. And the last is it's great for fan retention because Without AEW, I was still a fan and I was still checking things out. But I just think about the pandemic and I think about how my own personal feelings on what was happening with New Japan, with the talent that they had and some of the decisions they were making. 
and some of the way some of the shows were set up and some companies not being able to afford like ring of honor to even like run some shows during that time if all i would have had is just wwe and they were current they were how they had been they could have lost me for the first time in my life like it really could have lost me and so just aw existing and operating the way they do keeps people as a fan of pro wrestling, which is good for everyone in the business. Yeah, I agree. Um, CJ could tell you, like, honestly, like he, he was the one, like I, I watched a little bit of wrestling growing up, but he, he's the main reason why I got into it and started watching it. And then, but he'll be, he'll be the first one to tell you why I fell off of it. it it's, like it was it was just it was just that that point like he knew more wrestling than i did i'm just a casual fan but i i know i know what's what's good and what's not and at the point of the time that i was watching it it was good and then at the point of the time where i stopped watching it it wasn't good at least to me it wasn't and right now when you look at it it's at that point again where it's like okay i'll watch it but what's good about it everybody can everybody can say this is the best promotion here is it really though because i mean you can't tell me what the what the take the take the whole bloodline storyline out of it what's your next one what's the best one there so having AEW and ring of honor new japan tna impact no matter what you want to call them, they're there for a reason. And that's to supplement the next. So, yeah. The positive thing yeah. is that AEW came out and did something that an, a, another wrestling promotion hasn't been able to do. And that's stand toe to toe. And that's a big, that's the biggest it, positive I can come up with. At least make you step your game up and be scared, right. and that's that is a positive for AEW. And I'm sure we're going to get into more positives and stuff uh, next week. I won't I won't say too much other than there's a there's a wrestling show out there for you. If you don't like AEW, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling. They tell stories in the ring, not a lot of promos. You love stories, you love promos. Go watch NWA. They got a lot of promo time, a lot of stories to be told, and they're all over the indies. You like TNA, you want something new, you want something fresh, you want someone who's going to try something out of the box just to try to get you to watch TNA, I would tell you to go watch. You want to watch ECW, Blood Hardcore, go watch GCW. I'm sitting here to tell you there's plenty of things. There's great indies all around. You could watch them. Check out Indie Wrestling Corner. Tiffany interviews all these people. She talks to them. She knows there's a lot of places, East Coast, West Coast, Texas, mid Midwest, everywhere. There's Indies, and they're popping up more frequently, and they need places to work. And there's AEW for some people. And AEW is the one for me, I feel like. And that's what I enjoyed. I still enjoy WWE as well. There's nothing wrong with enjoying WWE. Um, I'm a pro wrestling fan at the end of the day. I could watch it all. And I could sit back and watch and laugh and giggle and have all the fun with it. Absolutely. But I'm not going to keep all of you guys in here too long. You guys stayed with us for almost two and a half hours. If yeah, you stayed and made say, it all the way through. If you will allow me, I will try wow. to do my best Excalibur here real quick with some things. <laughs> I wanted to say thank you both 
Conrad and Derek for having me on and this taking so long. Um, there's a lot to go through with all of this as, as I said, been sitting on it for quite a while now talking about it. So we'll get to the rest of it here later on, but I did want to say thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me be a part of your guys' world with all this. I wanted to give a shout out real quick to checking out some of my stuff, um, on run the ropes with real shoot wrestling rsw and uh youtube with cal Jin, but ex uh specifically on friday this friday at 6 p.m i am starting back the 2k series that we do rtr 2k with run the rumble 3 it is a royal rumble type match conrad will be a part of it derek will be a part of it my alter persona beautiful bj will be a part of it that is at the youtube at l e l underscore bj mondays check out epw on clash of the podcasts at 605 because they're fantastic it's with conrad and sean hubbard from hubbard wrestling weekly uh you got it hubbard wrestling weekly stumbled <laughs> i can't do excalibur that well and of course every wednesday here on your AEW dynamite review but you have the biggest show of 2023 happening tomorrow and i'm gonna let you go that there thank you all for having me thank you bj i was gonna promote you there too i saw your stuff up yeah make sure you guys are tuned in tomorrow at 6 30 me and the homie rob will be together we are going to present some awards um if anybody wants the link if they want to come in and talk let me know if you i've been a guest on here before bj Derek um i know hub even said like if you guys got time if 6 30 works for you pop in for a second if you want if you don't want to talk about it we'll see i don't want to get it too uh long and drawn out but just talk to me whatever if you want to come in and do like one category that bounce out that's fine too um we're going to present the awards 10 awards best of 2023 fan voted all of you guys decided it the link is in the the description it's in the box it's in the chat box it's everywhere so make sure you guys go and vote get that last minute voting in um real close to the goal probably like a couple away so put those votes in and listen for myself Derek, and the man they call beautiful bj we are out for this episode thank you for listening to us ramble and we will be back next week to talk about aw dynamite and give how we can help shape the promotion and make it better thank you all for watching with us one.